0: Boyo oh, fucking alert People, are you ready? We are here with James P. Dowling How are you doing, James? I'm very well, Stephen How are you this fine evening, sir? Do you know, it started off raining because it's Ireland in the morning but then as the day progressed it began to get sunny because it's Ireland We call Ireland the land of four seasons because in any one day it can be snow, rain, wind or sun so we had a, a very bipolar day today. So that, is how, so that is so how the you're, weather you're in you're Ireland just is. Just
1: like you then, bipolar. And you were saying like Ireland is, is the land of hope and dreams, whatever you were saying. Ireland is the land of autism, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes. Because you are the one representing Ireland.
0: This is this is when we can gladly say that like many parts of James's family come from Ireland as well. So <laughs> literally half
1: of them as well, and half of them are out of their minds, level insane, like clinically insane. So yeah, but that's the Irish blood. That's why there is something about Irish people. They're really creative, but they're also slightly insane. Have you noticed this
0: apart from? I, well, I've I've noticed that English people are incredibly boring like so that could be it's probably because you experience english people then you come see normal people that is ie irish people and you're like god these people are insane and we're all just like jesus what is wrong with these
1: people most english people are quite boring unless you've got more of the more testosterone i guess you've got like the lad types who are quite fun but stupid everyone else is unbelievably polite all the time and it's really infuriating like i like I'll, like cracker a cracker joke at the workplace about something mildly offensive and it's like oh you can't say that it's like "Fuck you i say what i want you're boring come on
0: (laughs) i think i think that's more the culture in general though like you know that's how it goes it's how it vibes
1: it could be very sad
0: people we're here we're here for Thus spoke zarathustra
1: have you got the theme music yeah i wish i could i've been trying to figure out how to play
0: I've been trying to figure out how to play music on these streams. I still haven't figured it out. It will take time, but we'll get it soon.
1: So just play it through my tinny little phone and play it straight into the microphone.
0: You can if you want. Uh, but meanwhile, sure. meanwhile, I want to ask you a question, James. Please ask, me, ask
1: me a question. You. I love your questions. It makes me feel loved.
0: All right. So, James, you go on Tinder. Which I don't
1: because I'm I... a soon-to-be-married man. Thank you.
0: And then you get matched with this this chick and you go meet her and this and she shows up. <laughs> you do <laughs>
1: Why?
0: (laughs) What do you do, James?
1: Well, I walk away because clearly, like you would. Do you
0: have any idea how offensive uh, to stand her up like that would absolutely decimate her self confidence? Would you actually do that? You're Uh, fucking.
1: Someone should do that as a social experiment. They've done it before with like girls who appear really skinny and turn up really fat, and all the men walk away. Imagine that, where all you can see is her, and uh, it's just photos of of her face. But but, like, you wouldn't see a bikini photo with that. Just (laughs) crawling around (laughs) the beach.
0: She looks. She's a good-looking girl. Like she's got a nice face, but like, what if you showed up and dude, this was dude, it? Like, what?
1: It's about nine years old. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you're right. <laughs> she's a good-looking disabled nine-year-old.
0: Fantastic. Who said she's disabled, man? She just walks different. Like she, she probably, she probably run faster than you, you fucker. Her spine
1: <laughs> is is a dog's spine. Like, that's no, not, there's not know. normal human function.
0: She's probably shredded, man. She's probably shredded <laughs> from having to support herself. That's like a constant plank. Imagine that. She's it just been doing be. a plank eight hours a day like she's probably ripped james you'd probably I, like her like she probably have these great abs
1: she is i don't care if she walks around on all fours she's not in the mother material camp i'm sorry
0: so this is what you tell her so she shows up because she's like oh finally someone wants to see me like they don't want to just judge me for my legs and then she shows up, and then you see your legs, and you're like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't see your legs in the picture. I gotta go."
1: Just <laughs> yes, like, what? Would. would you give a different yeah. answer? Or would you? Would you wait till the third day? I, I, and see if she's I just
0: wouldn't be. Right. I wouldn't be so callous and British like that. Jesus Christ! So
1: what? What, what would you say? Oh, sorry, I just remembered I had James. a girlfriend. Mm, sorry, bye.
0: James, let's not waste our time on hypotheticals, man. Let's not waste our time on hypotheticals. Let's just get straight <laughs> into it. <laughs> right, let's just get straight into it hello people how you doing what's the crack hello we've got robin odegaard any norwegian boyos out here oh is and there's a big conversation about the nords james the nords are taking over what the fuck is this like they're they're swarming the chat they're trying to recruit them what do we do uh, here?
1: well english always win in the end the nords have tried to take over england a few times
0: we always win in the end and that's on. that's how you I'm
1: that's so confident and secure because we've always won by birthright i am better than you
0: Okay, people, would you mind if I just like kicked James off the chat? Would that be a, Would that be a big deal? Like, would anybody really miss him at this point? Oh, the Nords, I'll say no. The Nords, i just say no. <laughs> Connor Murphy, how you doing, sir? If that's the Connor Murphy, I think it is. That uh, hello, sir. Scott Henderson, Derelisk, Astrofly, Prospect, Uni Chen, Origano de Manco. What's up, people? How you doing? We're, today we're gonna crack into thus spoke Zarathustra. This is Nietzsche's what would you call it? Would you call it his Magnum opus? I'm not sure if it's that. It's this was his his dazzling work of creative brilliance. This was the this was the he, he wrote this one we're about to read now. It's it's split into four books. He wrote this in ten days, he said. He said he just started churning out content and wrote part one in ten days. He just ripped it out, barely needed to edit it or anything like that. So it was um it was an incredible, incredible feat of inspiration it's a rare because often you think about writers like taking years upon years to like slowly bone crunchingly edit a book and pull it into shape but instead Nietzsche just got this it was given to him It was one of those divine inspiration moments. And he often sells it this way. He says this is a very special book for him. And it's the core of his philosophy in some sense. But it comes more like a dream. And as we know, Carl Jung read it as if it was a dream and and found it very interesting in that sense. Because it's like this is like when Nietzsche finally completely articulated and reached the apotheosis of his thoughts and created a character to bring it out. Jung, when he was studying this book, said that Zarathustra was like the symbol of the wise old man or was it the self finally coming to Nietzsche and giving him the, the deep wisdom that articulated his elaborate philosophy? So Zarathustra acts as the the voice of Nietzsche if Nietzsche could become the prophet, which he was in some ways trying to be, but in other ways not trying to be. He was like held back by being a real person. This is like the this is like the Tyler Durden of Nietzsche in some sense. That's the way I see it anyway.
1: Yeah, if you want to have Nietzsche's review of the book himself, I think it was in Ecce Homo, his his autobiography. He literally says, quote, Zarathustra is the greatest gift ever given to mankind. <laughs> <laughs> he knew how to toot his own horn. But it's a weird thing. Like, How could you write a, a work which is considered to be a masterwork by many people? Not by the establishment. They really don't like it. Like, um, what's his name? Howard Bloom, Harold Bloom, one of the two. Um, the, the most famous literary critic more or less of all time uh, he's like it's a piece of trash because it doesn't read like proper literature. but how could you possibly write that in 10 days which sums up all of your philosophy Like beyond and yeah. evil was like explaining what happened in Zarathustra. It seems it's just like how um, how ideas and philosophies evolve over a long period of time they start off as stories. And then they go and become articulated philosophy. And the same thing happened with Nietzsche's head. He's like, here's all my ideas. Something in my psyche has grabbed me, which ended up killing him, if you take Jung's route. It wasn't syphilis that killed him. He believed it was whatever was between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind that disappeared. And so all the archetypes exploded. And that's why he started um, speaking like a god. So this is an incredibly important and psychological significant piece of literature. Look at that nice photo.
0: It's beautiful. Well, this is exactly it. Like the the man, if we were to talk about the man, what he did in his life is he he broke away from the establishment and he went wandering about the mountains and personified that ah uh, that ah uh, you know romantic poet in some sense where he stood and he saw. Deep, far into the future and he saw what was coming over the next couple of hundred years and he capitulated and said to himself what do we need to achieve in order to stabilize this civilization we have built and lead it to greater heights what problems do i see so we will get into all the themes that come up but as james said he he poured forth a poetic magnum opus you could say he poured forth it's essentially he it seems like he wrote it like a dream it was almost like when you wake up in the morning and you quickly scribble down what you remember it's very image like fresh in your mind you don't actually like rationally understand what you're doing you're just sort of documenting what you see in your head it's almost like he did it that way and then spent the rest of his life interpreting that very dream beyond good and evil came after this and um, the genealogy of morals is another one that that's based on this it's a fantastic book probably his best book in my opinion i believe maybe twilight of the idols could have come after this and then uh, Will the Power, of course, and the Echo Homo," and all those other ones and the Antichrist, they all came out of this. So, so this is we're going to pick seven of what we consider the best discourses. These are so complicated, so deep, so profound, so well written. And uh, there's so much more in this book, but we're just going to pick seven to give you a very quick overview of Nietzsche and give you a very, very harsh punch in the face, in the astral face. So you can see what it's like inside Nietzsche's mind. Shall we crack away, Jimmy Boyle? It's crack away. Beautiful. Beautiful. People, we're going to start part one in the discourses. So it begins with an intro where he is like, la-di-da-da-da, walking around being Zarathustra in a town and all this coming out of the mountains. And then he starts walking around preaching, essentially. He's sort of parodying the, the biblical stories of Christ, where Christ... Christ's biography starts off, the, for example, the book of Matthew, and then it comes into the Sermon on the Mount where Christ preaches his doctrine. So uh, Nietzsche co- flows out a lot of discourses, which is Zarathustra giving out his doctrine. And we're going to start in number six, and it's called The Pale Criminal. I'll rip into it here. Please do. I'm excited. The pale Criminal. You do not mean to slay, you judges and sacrificers, until the animal has bowed its head. Lo, the pale criminal has bowed his head. Out of his eye speaks the great contempt. My ego is something which is to be surpassed. My ego is to me the great contempt of man. So speaks it out of that eye. When he judged himself, that was his supreme moment. Let not the exalted one relapse again into his lowest state. There is no salvation for him who turns who then suffers from himself, unless it be a speedy death. Your slaying, you judges, shall be pity and not revenge. And in that you slay, see to it that you yourselves justify life. Is it not enough that you should reconcile with him whom you slay? Let your sorrow be love to the superman. So will you justify your own survival. Enemy, you will say, but not villain, invalid, you will say, but not wretch, fool, you will say, but not sinner. And you, red judge, if you would say audibly all that, all you have done in thought, then would everyone cry away with the nastiness and virulent reptile. But one thing is the thought and another thing is the deed. And another thing is the idea of the deed. The wheel of causality does not roll between them. An idea made this pale man pale, adequate was he for his deed. When he did it with the idea of it, he could not endure when it was done. Evermore did he now see himself as the doer of one deed. Madness, I call this, the exception reversed itself to the rule in him. The streak of chalk bewitched the hen, the stroke he struck bewitched his weak reason. Madness after the deed, I call this. Listen, you judges, there is another madness besides this, and it is before the deed. Ah, you have not gone deep enough into this soul. Thus speaks the red judge. Why did this criminal commit murder? He meant to rob. I tell you, however, that his soul wanted blood, not booty. He thirsted for the happiness of the knife. But his weak reason understood not this madness. And it persuaded him. What matters about blood? It said. Wish you not at least to make booty thereby or take revenge. And he listened to his weak reason. Like lead lay its words upon him. And therefore he robbed when he murdered. He did not mean to be ashamed of his madness. And now once more lies the lead of his guilt upon him. And once more in his weak reason, so numbed, so paralyzed and so dumb, could he only shake his head and then would his burden roll off? But who shakes that head? What is that man, a man of diseases that reaches out into the world through the spirit? There they want to get their prey. What is man, a coil of wild serpents that are seldom at peace among themselves? So they go forth apart and seek prey in the world. Look at that poor body, what it suffered and craved. The poor soul interpreted to itself, it interpreted it as murderous desire and eagerness for the happiness of the knife. Him who now is turned sick, the evil overtakes, which is now the evil. He seeks to cause pain with that which caused him pain. But there have been other ages and another evil and good. Once doubt was evil and the will to individuality. Then the invalid became a heretic or a sorcerer. As heretic or sorcerer, he suffered and sought to cause suffering. But this will not enter your ears. It hurts your good people. You tell me, what does it matter to me about your good people? Many things in your good people cause me disgust and verily not their evil. I would that they had a madness by which they succumbed like this pale criminal. Verily. I would that their madness was called truth or fidelity or justice, but they have their virtue in order to live long and in wretched self-complacency. I am railing along the torrent. Whoever is able to grasp me may grasp me, but your crutch, I am not. Timothy, any thoughts, sir?
1: Yeah, I have loads of thoughts, dude. That was wonderful. I love your your aesthetic vibe, your aesthetic prose. You should write audiobooks. If you do them in ASMR fashion as well and make yourself a really pretty girl, you'd make a shitload of money, mate. Very mm. nice stuff. Uh, before, before going into this, Nietzsche clearly was not like another philosopher. If you read somebody like Kant or Schopenhauer, like they would they would write sentences and they would write like a normal person basically this is the way things are here is my philosophy and it's like oh yeah. wonderful isn't that cool Nietzsche didn't like that very much he thought that was boring and awful and in fact he'd go further than that and say none of them were saying truth whatsoever it was all it was all the will to power idea where whatever you consider to be good the morality that you put forward the 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 ideals that you lay in front of other people about yourself that's not Jimmy, an innate good
0: don't uh, okay. keep going
1: are you still there? Have you broken up from me?
0: Yeah, you broke up a bit there. You're, You're insulting you. philosophy, man, and I think they I think the overlords got you.
1: Do you think so? Do you yeah. think so? I'm on wired internet as well. I don't know why this is happening,
0: but I'll carry on. So
1: so Nietzsche, basically wasn't a fan of philosophy, so he wrote in a, in a poetic style. And, and it can be quite dense to penetrate. And it is. Like you have to read it several times, read it slowly. You can't speed read it. But when you break into the poetry, what you'll reveal is... There's multiple meanings stacked on top of each other. So what what I mean, what the the pale criminal passage there is all about essentially is the idea of um, society condemns people for being bad, but it's questioning whether or not what that particular person does is in fact bad. Because what Nietzsche, what Nisha liked was instincts. He quite liked yes. the, the pagan way of viewing the world, the Hellenistic Greek way of viewing the world, which is based on instincts. You were alive. Like he described his philosophy as like dancing and, and stars exploding and music. He wanted vibrancy. Whereas what he saw uh, is particular Christianity, not Christ necessarily, but the way the Catholic Church worked. It was like what this is doing is deliberately trying to suppress our instincts. It's boring. So he didn't like that very much. He saw that we all have, and this this is a foreshadowing to Jung's idea of the shadow. We all have an innate instinct to go and do things which might not be very good, but is it bad for us to go ahead and act on them? You know, and you you, you know, maybe killing people is wrong, but there's other things there too. It's like you're automatically shutting down the instincts as something bad and you're stuck in your head all the time and Nietzsche didn't like that very much. there's of course another thing in here too which is the people who are who are judging this poor pale criminal who might well be you they're they're judging this bad man not because they're good themselves but because they like looking good for their condemnation, which is a completely different thing and you can ask yourself this too it's like do you are you a good person are you an actually a good person that follows a set of principles? Or do you just like condemning other people? And the fact that you're not doing what they're doing makes yourself good? That, that's another complicated idea. It's, it's,
0: super, it's super easy actually get that concept is you see it all the time at uh, virtue signaling. You know, you see yes. people on the internet and someone will do something that's not tolerated by the group. And they, they won't, the person will not even inspect and try to discover if like, this is the deep reality. Is this person truly unjust? Is it even fake news? But they'll just condemn them because they know it's the right thing to say. It's like, look how moral I am. Look how moral I am doing the right thing. Don't you, don't you love me? Don't, doesn't everybody accept me? Look at me doing the right thing. Look at me chastising that person for, for asking questions about abortion or something like that. Look how yeah. noble I am. I am i am the wise one and everybody is like well done for standing up you're so brave and it's like i i am brave i am let's have a wine party and is like this, this is the people you've given control i'm going to break up the themes in this because the thing about poetry is it comes in the form of images you can read it like dreams and so the themes tend to pack a serious fucking punch and then um, Nietzsche, the most, I think the, the key the key part of this passage is the idea he says, where he says, man, has got a coil of snakes inside of him. So it's that idea of your persona. This is He's conceptualizing psychology here. He's saying that you are made up of a, a selection of snakes. Think of the Kundalini snake at the bottom of your spine. And you've got those seven chakras. And in a weird way, like each of those correspond to an instinct, a desire. And Nietzsche's suggesting to you that you don't, necessarily have a thinking mind that directs itself around the world he's suggesting to you that you instead have a set of instincts and whichever instinct in you wins will be will determine which life you're going to live so if you've got like you know if your balls win if the instinct towards sexual reproduction wins that's going to pull you in that direction you're going to become a pickup artist or or become very good at uh, swiping your finger on tinder or something like that and it's it's like that, that's one way of operating it. But then say if you get like this will to become a great successful uh, businessman or maybe a great fighter or something like that, whatever, whatever way your instinct takes you. And so Nietzsche conceptualizes ourselves not as these rational things that we can build, but merely as a set of instincts that we have to manage And his criticism of Christianity is that, and specifically the way Europeans used it, is that they for centuries, first of all, the the most important metaphor you get, this is the idea of evil in Christianity is centered on the snake in the garden. So the idea of evil is the snake is is like the thing that comes out and, and misdirects you and misleads you. It's related to the woman as well, which is also related to desire, carnal desire specifically. So Nietzsche is saying that these snakes inside your soul that the Christians tell you to avoid are actually the, literally what you are. It's not that like you should obey them. It's like it's, you can't not obey them. You are that. And they are the key to your healthiness. You'll go into this later about the idea of health and how that's related to the idea of evil and these snakes. So he's bringing up this concept of of these this energy, this instinct is is been castigated as evil in European civilization. But that is wrong. And the reason why that is wrong is because Europeans for centuries, under the guidance of this civilization, civilization, have been executing these men. These men with very strong snakes coiled up in their soul. These are the most violent men in society. And the problem is is that this conception of evil was focused on the violent men who were also the most high testosterone men, the the most arrogant men, the most lawless, the most successful, the ones that are hardest to tame. And so this is his really freaky premonition is that in essence, our judgment has been slowly weakening the masculinity of our race. And that sort of came through. Testosterone um, levels are just absolutely plummeting as of race, as like over the last century. And so maybe there's something in that. And his his warning, his warning to the judges is saying that, why do you think your judgment is helping anything? You're acting out unconsciously based on the gift of your ancestors have give you of christian civilization but maybe there's another way you can judge and that opens up a theme that opens up many themes that will be completed in later discourses so jimothy any thoughts
1: yes 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 so um if you read nietzsche's twilight of the idols he he talks a lot about well first of all he really liked the old testament he thought it was a brilliant piece of of literature and so used their language a lot i guess the core message I, i take from this because it's practical right is um you will come up against idols in your life. And for example, a got common idol right now is feminism. And you know, it's an idol because people worship it. And if you dare go against the idol, you get shut down, you get kicked out. Who knows? Maybe you'll be killed at some point in the near future. What Nietzsche wanted to do and the way he proclaimed that that's a sign of a weak soul. If you need to have an idol, to to keep you stable so all the people condemning this pale man they're worshipping their idol to keep themselves stale and the measure of your soul and how strong it is is how much truth that you can take on no matter how unpleasant you need to take uh, the way he put it was put rubber gloves on when you handle your idol like as if it's as if it's like something in a surgery bed and pick it apart and see what works there you can't be having things to that make you feel good about yourself you know and this is one of the things which tears me apart because it's like for example my my through reading young trying to find my way back to christianity in whatever way in whatever way i can and then Nietzsche comes along and goes you're doing that because you're weak It's like there's a a new way to go forward you're doing it because you're weak james always in the back of my mind weak 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 you know it's rubbish you know it's complete nonsense but that 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 tears me apart but it's a smashing good argument though Yeah, yeah if you need something to keep you comfortable if you need some kind of false premise to 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 keep you afloat and then you can condemn everyone else around you for being weak based on the things that you don't value and you think they're objective that's a sign of a weak soul
0: and I will say for anybody who is Christian, like I, I love Nietzsche and he he does rattle you a lot and he, he pulls you away from Christianity. But anybody who can wrestle with Nietzsche and and still wrestle with like they'll make he'll make you honestly wrestle with Christianity in a way that will probably make you in some ways more Christian than the vast majority of Christians, because you'll start asking the real questions about like is like what's going on with this religion so in some sense it's almost like shadow work for people like that so it's he is a useful person to pay attention to like don't avoid him but he will like if you take him seriously he will completely undermine the entire religion he's very good at doing that and it's like his arguments are watertight they're freaky they're watertight now there's problems premises but then we're not going to get into that but we'll go into the criticisms he makes here his arguments are very good in the sense of how christian christianity specifically the way it was adapted has the danger of weakening the european race and that's exactly what happened in the end yes and let's let's keep on going so yeah so guys this is going to be a very uh, a very scary episode for the old christian movement like oh jesus oh jesus
1: what's the, what's the next one we're moving on to
0: reading and writing
1: Oh, my favorite reading and writing.
0: This is a great one. This is number seven. In in your beautiful prose, please. Yes, in my beautiful prose. I'll put on a British accent as well. Oh, please do, sir. Jolly good. Oh, fuck off. No way. (laughs) Of all that is written, I love only what a person has written with his own blood. Write with blood and you will find that blood is spirit. It is no easy task to understand unfamiliar blood. I hate the idle readers. He who knows the reader does nothing more for the reader. Another century of readers, and spirit itself will stink. Everyone being allowed to learn to read ruins in the long run, not only writing, but also thinking. Once spirit was God, then it became man, and now it's even become the populace. He that writes in blood and proverbs does not want to be read, but learnt by heart. In the mountains, the shortest way is from peak to peak, but for that route, you must have long legs. Proverbs should be peaks, and those spoken to should be big and tall. The atmosphere rare and pure, danger near, and the spirit full of a joyful wickedness. Thus are things well matched. I want to have goblins around me, for I am courageous. The courage which scares away ghosts creates for itself goblins. It wants to laugh. I no longer feel in common with you, the very cloud which I see beneath me, the blackness and heaviness at which I laugh. That is your thundercloud. You look aloft when you long for exaltation, and I look downwards because I am exalted? Who among you can at the same time laugh and be exalted? He who climbs on the highest mountains laughs at all tragic plays and tragic realities. Careless, mocking, forceful. That's how wisdom wants us. Because she is a woman and saves our love only for the warrior. You tell me life is hard to bear, but for what purpose should you Have your pride in the morning and your resignation in the evening. Life is hard to bear, but do not affect to be so delicate. We are all of us fine sumter asses and she asses. What have we in common with the rosebud, which trembles because a drop of dew has formed upon it? It is true we love life not because we want to live, but because we want to love. And there is always some madness in love, but there is always some reason in madness. And to me also who appreciates life, the butterflies and soap bubbles and whatever is like them amongst us seems most to enjoy happiness. To see these light, foolish, pretty, lively little sprites flit about that move Zarathustra to tears and songs, I should only believe in a God that would know how to dance. And when I saw my devil, I found him serious, thorough, profound, solemn. He was the spirit of gravity. Through him all things fall. Not by wrath, but by laughter do we slay. Come, let us slay the spirit of gravity. I learned to walk, since then I've let myself run. I learned to fly, since then I do not need pushing in order to move from a spot. Now am I light. Now do I fly. Now do I see myself under myself. Now there dances a God in me. That is such a
1: good fucking read, man. Holy shit. It is. That was Nietzsche at his best. That was fantastic. So So it's actually uplifting rather than everything you know and love is fake. Fuck you. That's actually an uplifting version of saying that. It was Um, also um, him playing himself up too because like the way he's talking about reading and writing like you could slot his books in there as being as being good and worthwhile for example so he's being a bit cheeky there as well
0: the um the uh the thing that that's very important to understand about this book and nietzsche in general is that that particular passage actually cap- captures the vibe nietzsche was trying to go for like he wanted to get to a point where people felt this way more often he felt that this is the problem is that consistent christianity from killing those pale criminals those evil men the the way we have the way maybe not christianity but the way we have organized our society around the set of ideas of christianity think of christianity what's the core of it the tragedy of killing jesus that's it's such a sad story it's like you have god and you murder him and it's it's so heavy watch the passion of the christ it's this really emotional and moving experience and nietzsche is fundamentally trying to get your head out of that and saying the way we don't there's another way of looking at things the comic way the strong way the light way and the what you need to get there by being strong by being great and you need to get there by worshiping greatness and excellence you need to be more of a boyo is what he's essentially saying and in order to do that it's like, testosterone is the prerequisite for that. He was a very biological man in that sense. He was saying that you need to... It's it's a consequence of strength. It's a consequence of dominance that you can look over the world and laugh at it and say, I, I am better, I am stronger, I am capable. I don't even feel sadness or tragedy that often. So it's not the cornerstone of my reality and so it's um this is a huge part of his thing he's trying to create a a sort of vibe for people like this where it's funny where it's ridiculous where it's it's profound it's bouncy it's all those type of things and he hit it so well in this so well james go for a riff there and i'll, I'll read through some notes when you're finished
1: yeah yeah what i want to do with this uh you can you can break down some of the some of the more heavy Anti-Christian stuff. I want to take a little bit, a uh, little bit of a break from that. I want to make it like applicable to people, so they can be like Nietzsche's, like a self-help book, because Nietzsche was a self-help book, if you right. want to put it like that. If, if you take like literature, religion, self-improvement, all of the stuff, anything you could read, anything you can watch, they're all the same thing which is how we can become optimal human beings and have complete control over our emotions so that we can reach freedom. Something like that. They're all the same thing. So what Nietzsche is, is saying here, like, have you ever heard a, uh, maybe you've gone on Twitter sometimes, ever heard a self-improvement guru say, well, you've you really got to read books because books are really good and you should read Tony Robbins and all this stuff. Nietzsche is going, no, you fucking shouldn't. Well, so what most, yes. most, the only writers who are worth reading, and Nietzsche puts himself in this camp are those who write in blood is what he says. And so like, what the hell does that mean, write in blood? And it's like the, the the person who's writing it spills out their life force onto the page. Something like that. So there's 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 electricity there. There's fire there. There's there's vitality mm. there. And it's spilled out. That's the only thing that's worthwhile reading. Everything else is trash. So like Kant, for example, we called a comedian. Trash. Marcus Aurelius, we called a joke trash so there are very few people who would who would who you'd be able to identify that level of vitality and and when it comes to to the reader reading is completely and utterly pointless if all you're going to do there is sit and passively read and now that Nietzsche said I think it was H.A. Homo was, again was um, if you wake up in the morning and the first thing that you do is read you're a joke because when you first wake up in the morning your energy is so high your vitality is huge you get up before sunrise you get filled with that energy very pagan in a way i guess if you spend your time reading it's a passive thing what the hell are you doing it's a complete joke he thought reading was not a virtue he thought it was a pointless fecking thing unless you used it as a tool a tool with which you could take this person's blood that spilled out on the page the best possible writers. And you absorbed it into yourself. And in his words, you dance with it. You take what's there and you actually put it into your own life in a fearless manner. That's the only worthwhile way of doing it. And it actually, it, it makes so much sense because why would you read something for the sake of reading it? You know, why would you write something for the sake of writing it? It's got to have, it's got to have passion there. And that's Nietzsche's whole thing. It's about excellence. Unless you hit that top tier of excellence, there's no point. There's no point in doing anything. So it's like basically take what you've read take what nietzsche is saying and then use it and move forward in the face of fear and dance with it anyway
0: Yeah, that, and did you know what this is that was really well put together dude well done um that that's a very good point is that nietzsche's calling always calling back to the greek way of thinking and he's suggesting that like think of how the greeks lived they didn't have books but those people as individuals probably achieved more than any of us ever will in our populist society, you know? Like, these men would have built farms, built houses. They probably would have built their own houses. They probably would have, like, the average farmer probably would have fought in a war. All, all like They would have been so much more complete people. And they they didn't read books. They didn't, they'd had the myths. That's it. And they would have known that stuff by heart. And that's the sort of ideas, like, why do you think uh, extensive Consum- consumption of it's almost like it's the quality quantity idea why do you think consuming a lot of bad stuff is going to make you better you should be aiming high so the only people really should who should be like writing or you should be paying attention attention to should be the absolute like the people who actually succeed and actually fight and give it a all like you'd want to read alexander the great's book that's a book you'd want to read because that would be fucking crazy to hear hear his story but um People, you know, this all the self-help books that that uh, the the other Greek writers wrote about Alexander, like ten ways to become more like Alexander. The Great, to yeah. just like don't butter, don't don't butter. <laughs> here's here's three ways you could use to take over the world like alexander's like no, no thanks did yeah you, you he
1: basically destroys that the, all that online media culture he slashes it to pieces and you're very right about the consumption thing he used that metaphor a lot during his writing where he talk about digestion even yeah. your environment would would screw you up he was like don't live in a city because cities for like weak little losers it, it makes you sick go live in a forest somewhere go be like zarathustra and climb a mountain why not
0: and um this is another thing is once spirit was god and then it became man and now it even becomes populous so it's that idea of god is the conception of excellence spirit is almost the conception of excellence what is so great about us and then spirit started off as god it was something that was almost intangible to people that was the life force of the world and uh we've he's suggesting we've degenerated as we have become more democratic it's become a more of a quantity over quality idea. So this is why he's so difficult to read is because he's like everything you consider liberal and democratic, he is is literally just punching it right in the gut. He's saying, no, no, that's the wrong way of looking at the world. Everybody is not equal. Equal equality is a lie. Equality is not a lie. Equality is a problem. It's such a hard, difficult thought, but he's like, people aren't as valuable as each other. You need... And it's not right to try kill off the most excellent, the pale criminals, the people with the most potential for the sake of the masses. You can't do that because what you're doing there is you're stopping the ability for the civilization to progress and move forward. And so it's the it's the excellent people that actually save the masses in the long term. And we'll come into that theme later. But if you start worship in the masses and kill off the excellent people what you get is the situation where you have now where it's it's it seems like it's very hard for 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 people even to just get going because everybody will like mob them on social media for not having the right you know moral moral politics and all that stuff and it's 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 a serious problem Nietzsche warned it's the the inversion of values it's it's worshiping Equality, which is anti-life, as opposed to excellence, which is inequality, which is actually how nature works. That's a really important idea. And his and I've said before in other videos, like you can check out my one called Why We Dream of Mountains, the whole idea of the hierarchy of values. This is a very complex metaphor, but it's um because I think it's an archetype. At the top of that is your most prime value. Nietzsche himself is always talking about being on top of mountains and he claims that the view the energy that he possesses in this book in sorry in this passage is what you gain when you're on top of the mountain and people the writers and the the creators should be the people that we should listen to the people at the top of the mountain who have that vibe about them and all of the metaphors he uses throughout this passage are come from that a like um, i no longer feel in common with you the very cloud which i see beneath me the blackness and heaviness so he's looking down at a cloud is your thundercloud so he's saying that you look up and see a thundercloud because you're at the bottom of the mountain the bottom of the you're part of the populace the mass, master heard and you look up see this thunder and he's standing above it's being like i don't even feel that now this flows into the next metaphor which is idea of tragedy like if you're in the bottom if you're a part of the masses you're probably going to be quite christian and and have, uh, put in christian values in some sense and that's a tragic story and because the lives of the masses are tragic and that's fundamentally the thing they they vibe with they resonate it's almost like law of attraction they can't really get the divine comedy of nietzsche laughing at weakness they can't get that because they are the weak and that's it's so difficult to 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 chew on that top but it's it's hard to say it's not true like the 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 like look at what's going on now with the way people are censoring comedy and all that like that's clearly this exact dynamic playing out is that the the weak want to make everything safe they can't deal with harsh funny ridiculous humor because it's it offends them and they can't even take pain and then he goes to the next metaphor where he's like why do you think that you're some type of butterfly what do you think that you're uh what do we have in common with a rosebud which trembles because of drop of dew when he's trying to say you're more like a donkey humans are like donkeys and that's actually true humans are tough hardy fucks man Like we're, we're endurance runners. Like that's sort of what we're built to do. We're built to survive. We're not like roses. And so he's saying, why do you think, what do you, this is another thing that will come up. He's like, why do you think your feelings matter? Like your feelings don't matter. Your pain, your suffering. It's like, oh, my suffering. And we build, we build religions around our suffering. Compassion is the idea that suffering is bad. And Nietzsche is like, what makes you think that suffering is a bad thing? Why would you make compassion at the top of that hierarchy? Because suffering is a bad thing. In order to get up that mountain, you have to suffer. Suffering is a good thing. You should seek suffering. In order to grow in the gym, you need to suffer under the pressure of the weights. Excellence is bridged by suffering. And like he's like you're insane. Like why are you doing stuff with that? And this is this is him just attacking all our values. It's him shuffling up your values and just trying to flip the way you think. And it's tough. It's juicy. And it's full of boyoism. Jimmy, any thoughts before we flow on?
1: Uh, yes one small one which is it's really easy to get into Nietzsche's frame as if we're like the spokespeople for Nietzsche and be like look at all the weak people they're so weak they're not like us and Nietzsche it's just the three of us and of course the juicy boy is watching right now in the same camp look at them they're pathetic it's like no 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 we're we're the weak people too like there's, there's we've been we'll say corrupted by this society and we exist there now so chances are we seek comfort like, like what's the reason you're watching this stream now? Probably because it's an easier thing to do than actually build yourself up in some other means that would be harder. Not saying click away. It, 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 don't click away. Don't do that. Of course, do it afterwards. <laughs> but but what, what, what Nietzsche would want you to do if you took this stuff seriously would basically be to probably go off into a forest somewhere or go off into a mountain somewhere with the spoke Zarathustra, okay with the intention of reading it memorizing it and once the hell you're done putting it all into practice that would be the way but then not just leave it at that because he said that his true disciples in the religious language were those who would not just use his work but transcend him too they wouldn't put nietzsche as an idol because that's the exact same thing like all the edgy 19 year olds do when they first get into philosophy you're my idol He's like no 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 one should be your idol you're Mm -hmm. alone and that's a good thing
0: he, um, another thing he said, and this is a very, very annoying thing. It's like, he, I think he said something along the lines of, uh, the Ubermensch would never need to read my books because he would be my books. And yes, you're like, fuck yes. Nietzsche, I'm reading your book. You're reading that in his book. <laughs> and you're like, that counts me out. You fucking prick. <laughs> He's I'm like, why you fucking prick? Why did you say that? And I'm like, oh, Jesus, right, Nietzsche, you little prick. I'm glad you, I'm glad you got syphilis now, you little sack and um, i i think a <laughs> little that's, sack jesus yeah. christ yeah so it, it is yeah i think i've covered everything i wanted to say there and nietzsche this is it, nietzsche is about talking about the culture building that culture of the strong the abundant because they're the only people ever, ever to resonate with true celebrations of love he's talking about his conception of the of the elite and how they should be he, he doesn't like the elite that are present nowadays that it's sort of uh a cult of virtue signal and whatnot it's very strong heavy thinking it's very um but but sorry no it's very harsh uh, punchy like you could say high T, ruthless thinking, but there's something to it, you know. It's He's so, it, it's such an, there's such an enigma around him because he, you know something he's saying is through. It's almost like he's channeled the voice of nature, of the savage side of God, if you will. And that's something nature really pulls out of Christianity is that it loses, it lacks this savage side. This is why the Old Testament God is so interesting because it had really integrated that judging side of the father. And, and God of the Old Testament would spank you if you went out of line. By spank you, I mean he would call the Assyrians, and they would genocide all your men and rape your women and, t- and destroy your, your cities, Like, whereas the Christian God was too forgiving in his sense. And Young even identified this as well. He said there's a bit of an issue in Christianity in this sense. So um, I don't know, guys, a lot of, lot of black pills, but nonetheless, let's power forward. Let's go. Okay. Let me let me get a screen share there. We'll get something nice and pretty, because... Yeah, how about there's Zarathustra himself, fucking looking up at the boys. Here's Zarathustra. a big shtick. Yeah, because uh, Zarathustra uh, was a real person, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, was well, he invented a Zoroastrianism? Zoroastrianism, though. Zoroastrianism. I you think you'll find you British can't you? Um, yeah. So that's um. So sort of whatever James said there is something probably not worth listening to. So let's forget about it. Anyway, war and warriors. By our enemies, we do not want to be spared, nor by those either whom we love from the very heart. So let me tell you the truth. My brethren in war, I love you from the very heart. I am and was ever your counterpart. I am also your best enemy. So let me tell you the truth. I know the hatred and envy of your hearts. You are not great enough not to know of hatred and envy then be great enough not to be ashamed of them. If you cannot be saints of knowledge, then I pray you be at least its warriors. they are the companions and forerunners of such saints. I see many soldiers. Could I but see many warriors? Uniform one calls what they wear. May it not be uniform what they wear within. You shall be those whose eyes ever seek for an enemy. For your enemy. And with some of you, there is hatred at first sight. Your enemy will seek. Your war will you wage. And for the sake of your thoughts. And if your thoughts succumb, your uprightness shall still shout triumph thereby. You shall love peace as a means to new war. And in the short peace, more than the long. You I advise not to work, but to fight. You I advise not to peace, but to victory. Let your work be a fight. Let your peace be a victory. One can only be silent and sit peacefully when one has arrow and bow. Otherwise, one prays and quarrels. Let your peace be a victory. You say it is the good cause which hallows even war. I say unto you, it is the good war which hallows every cause. War and courage have done more great things than charity. Not your sympathy, but your bravery has hitherto saved the victims. What is good, you ask? To be brave is good. Let the girls say, to be good is what is pretty, and at the same time touching. They call you heartless, but your heart is true. And I love the bashfulness of your goodwill. You are ashamed of your flow when others are ashamed of their ebb. You are ugly. Well, then, my brethren, take the sublime about you and the mantle of the ugly. And when your soul becomes great, then does it become haughty. And in your sublimity, (laughs) there is wickedness. I know you. In wickedness, the haughty man and the weakling meet. Haughty means like arrogant and scornful and prideful but they misunderstand one another. I know you. You shall only have enemies to be hated, but not enemies to be despised. You must be proud of your enemies. Then the successors of your enemies are also your successes. Resistance, that is the distinction of the slave. Let your distinction be obedience. Let your commanding itself be obeying. To the good warrior sounds, thou shall, pleasanter than I will. And all that is dear unto you, you shall first have it commanded unto you. Let your love to life be love to your highest hope. And let your highest hope be the highest thought of life. Your highest thought, however, you shall have it commanded unto you by me. And it is this. Man is something that is to be overcome. So live your life of obedience and war. What matters about long life? what warrior wishes to be spared i spare you not and i love you from my very heart my brethren in war my brethren in boyo how are you feeling brethren in boyo yes i'm feeling i'm feeling
1: fantastic that's beautiful there are, there are two readings there two beautiful readings people uh one of them is is literally about like war and warriors i'm gonna leave that to Stefan because i find that more boring so I prefer, oh. I prefer uh, stuff that's that's more practical. But uh, in, in, ingrained into that, there was a, the quote, of course, man is something to be overcome. So I guess it goes on from our, from our previous discourse there, on reading and writing, which is uh, struggle is not a bad thing because you can't get anything you want without some kind of struggle. OK, so you can you can make that argument really easily and be like, so pain and struggling is not a bad thing. we've known this forever like the stoics have known this forever but nietzsche takes it one step further and he's like what if struggling is one of those highest virtues what if you should strive to struggle it's like that's that's scary because nobody wants to do that because no one enjoys struggling so what he does is he he juxtaposes here like work and struggle together and victory and peace so most people will go about their lives and they'll go to work and the reason why they go to work is to earn money and because it gives them you know they, they take their take their place on the social stage and the result of their work gives them peace. And that's the way people go about living their lives. And what Nietzsche suggests here is like, that's weak. Stop being weak. That's Nietzsche's voice all the time is stop being a little blue pill cuck is. uh, (laughs) And and in in fact, the thing later we're going to talk about women shows he was no blue pill cuck. He was, he was something else, man. What he's saying is replace the work for peace dynamic with struggling for victory. So if what you crave is peace, let that be your victory. And then all your future work that you do, let it be a struggle, just like a warrior on a battlefield. That's what men should do. You know, the, the prime men, the best the best stock, I suppose, go out to war and they fight, whereas the rest of us all sit behind and we make silly YouTube streams and uh, go on social media all day and, and put pictures of our food on Instagram and, and lurk and orbit around pretty girls. Mm. It's like do, do
0: uh, you want to talk about the Ubermensch? Let's talk about the Ubermensch. That's so cool. <laughs> I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you it. my Ubermensch. Yes, Off oh, James, please. <laughs> no more. No more of this. Um. Uh, yes, uh, dude. yes, yes, yes. T- take Keep over. Going.
1: I'm going to no take over. I need to look after this dog who looks like he's about to
0: die. Oh, yeah. The Uber dog is coming to get you. Um, James brought up some very, very good points there. And that is um the the concept of the need to struggle. And Nietzsche has this, like the way Zarathustra ends, spoiler alert, is that uh, he collects a load of people and they walk up to a mountain and they're, they're talking about the Ubermensch. They all believe him. They're like, all right, the Ubermensch is going to come. So what do we do? What do we do, Zarathustra? And Zarathustra realizes that they're all too pathetic. <laughs> and he's like, okay, right. None of yous are going to be the Uber- Ubermensch and I'm not going to be the Ubermensch. So what the I'll, I'll, I'll tell
1: you, you will be the Ubermensch
0: though.
1: This will be the Ubermensch.
0: Get that fucking get that rat off the screen.
1: All of Nietzsche's philosophy dies when he sees this this little fluffy thing. And actually, look at that. Nisha, no, he would he would have melted before that. That's the highest value, the fluff.
0: He I think he'd literally beat you with the back of his hand (laughs) for doing that.
1: (laughs) If he wasn't too sick and weak and virgin-like, he spent his whole life throwing up.
0: Yeah, the next one actually is about incel Nietzsche, so this will be interesting. But um, you fucking broke my strain of thought. So uh, I was having an excellent strain of thought and you came in with your degenerate d- democracy and populace. You're like, oh, look at this friend. And I'm like, oh, is he high up enough on the mountain? No, he's a lower animal. What do we need to pay attention to him? Respect the dogs, though. Dogs are Gs. Get, Get back on your I train of
1: thought. back
0: on I fucking can't remember what it was. I was thought. Yes, so it's at the very end of the book, and uh, he says that none of us are going to be the Ubermensch. We're all pathetic. I've kind of looked at Giselle and realized, no, it's, it's not coming out of use. So he says, all you can really ever achieve or hope to be is the bridge to the Ubermensch. You can always say, all I can really do is set, set the field, make the field fertile for the Ubermensch to grow. So he, he's sort of suggesting, like this is his conception, that we need to organize as a culture, and start a project, and that project could be Project Ubermatch. And the goal is to create the Messiah per se, like is to create the the man who will take us to the next level. That that's the way we should organize our culture. And then there's seeds of this going on in the current world, but but Nietzsche, the way Nietzsche wanted it to happen, what he wanted it to be a lot more about assertiveness and changing the values, so that they all point towards this direction, so that the savagery is is sincere and honest, and and pointing towards creating a great man. And so this discourse in many ways is speaking to the people in that sense. He's saying, look, guys, um, you're probably not going to be the Ubermensch. So, like, don't become resentful. The very best you can do is, is understand that because you're not the Ubermensch, you can actually support the project. And because you're probably not, like, you probably don't have the articulation skills like Zarathustra does, what you should then be is accept the role of a warrior And realize that there's great honor in being a warrior so he's sort of coaching an army of sorts he's he's coaching the guys who will fight for zarathustra's ideals and all that he's sort of saying that like in order to be realistic you've got to understand that not everybody gets to to be the the great prophet at the top sometimes people need to be the people who fight for the ideals and you know it's the old caste system like the intellectual elite the high priests at the top dictate how the people should think and then the warriors protect those thoughts and so this whole passage is about that idea of obeying thoughts protecting thoughts standing by thoughts fighting enemies and what's very different about this though is nietzsche is speaking to the criminal in the first discourse nietzsche is speaking to that crazy high testosterone man and saying and this is the way he keeps on saying the words i know you i understand you it's because he's saying i get you have these insane instincts that want to murder people. Like in the first Discord, he was saying, all right, this guy went to rob someone, but he murdered someone. And Nietzsche was saying, no, he wanted to release that instinct and feel what it would be like to murder someone. And in order to do that, he had to make the excuse to his rationality that he was going to rob someone. And then when the opportunity came up, he just went for it. He just killed someone as well. And that was actually the secret desire he achieved. And so um, this... He's speaking to that criminal and saying, in this current society, which is flawed based on bad ideas, you are castigated, you are chastised. Me, I will I will create a I will create a set of thoughts that will deify what you are, that will take your instincts and give them a purpose and place. I will send you into battle and allow you to release that crazy energy out into the world and I'll justify it and I'll and so your reason will not hurt you and eat you alive and torture you like it did in the previous society i will give you harmonic psychological health if you just fight for me and that's why he's talking about that obedience you've got to trust your instincts and you've got to trust the people who speak to your very dangerous idea it's not necessarily something you should just readily accept but it's interesting how nietzsche is saying this when you select when you get good ideas like zarathustra's ideas as he's suggesting why do you think that you need to spend your time becoming an intellectual elite maybe it's better to fight for them and if you are a crazy high testosterone dude maybe it's not right to rebel against the system maybe it is smarter to find something like this and be willing to die to make it come to life
1: yes yeah that's uh also incredibly scary stuff it's an immediate call to action for everybody i'm uh, just a little bit of young right here considering where um nietzsche came from in his epoch of time you had he wrote the antichrist and if you've watched our ion lectures for example you'll you'll see that um nietzsche may well have been one of those nexus points in time where the antichrist energy came down and infused him and that's absolutely terrifying um but I uh, literally lost my train of thought because I thought you changed your shirt in the background while I was speaking.
0: I, I stripped, man. When you started speaking, <laughs> it was just like, these, there's, I'm way too hot. Like, God, James, with that, with that British, that, that blue pill cook British accent. I was like, God,
1: God damn, Jesus Christ. I try and distract you with a living teddy bear and then you get naked and dance in front of the goddamn camera.
0: Um, but, reading but... all this Nietzsche's, man, I'm kind of <laughs> reading all this Nietzsche's made me want to just never wear clothes again and walk down the streets and just get ripped and just be like, It'd just be like I I've I've read Zarathustra. I'd clothes are just pleb shit.
1: Yeah. And also you wouldn't bother with pickup lines. You would just grab you'd literally pick up the woman and be like, <laughs> I am the Uber ab, ab, Yeah, Absolutely the <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. But uh, so I remember I was going to say, so Nietzsche's Antichrist energy, for example, what followed that was a complete and utter eruption of the unconscious throughout the 20th century. You had communism, and you had the Second World War, etc. So it's terrifying. And then if you consider what Zarathustra is doing in this particular thing, if, it's, if Zarathustra is the Jungian self, the God part of you, and it's talking down to the shadow part of you, that which is locked away by society. What I read into that, which is really scary, but I am like conspiracy minded, is the the energy that Nietzsche was picking up going on through the collective unconscious at that time was a mutiny of the unconscious against the consciousness itself. And what happened after Nietzsche's works doesn't necessarily prove that, but it's strong evidence towards that
0: yeah that would make sense dude there's something uh like maybe it was maybe this was the shadow of european culture i I don't know it's hard to know it's hard to know if he broke through and actually hit on what the way we need to think or if he broke through and hit on will is necessary to balance the way we think because mm. he is calling back to a greek way of thinking which is excellence over equality and we're still stuck in that equality paradigm and it's hard to say that being stuck in an equality paradigm is going to do us any good because the equality paradigm is very quickly going to lead us to war. So I, I don't know. I, I, like these things are, I'm too young to figure this shit out. I guess it's just,
1: it is it also is not necessarily you have to fall into nietzsche's frame and abandon christianity either if you're in a more complicated situation on how to combine the two together but what he's basically doing is highlighting the shadow that been trailing behind christianity for such a long time and also you got to bear in mind that nietzsche himself was not really an ubermensch like and this is not to discredit his ideas but i wonder what he would have thought about this the fact that he himself wasn't you know yeah. because he didn't like uh, he didn't like intellectual types for example he thought they were one-dimensional weirdos well, but in many ways so was he he, he had ways. a line
0: for this he said uh just because my key does not open my chains does not mean it will not open yours
1: yeah true 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 but then there's also the 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 instinct idea and he's presuming yeah. that the the uber of the future will share the same instincts with him otherwise it just becomes pontification i'm not i'm not discrediting nietzsche's ideas he's he's fantastic but he does upset me so i will try as best as i possibly can to to not have bit to of, look at his damn ideas
0: bit of a bit of a cope there james are we i cope all the time though <laughs> as well all right here we go let's um let's talk about nietzsche on nofap oh my nietzsche christ nietzsche on and holding back in that fap keeping that fap in this is about boyo juice this is why you should not spill your boyo juice all over your curtains and you should not be willfully giving your boyo juice to lustful huaman, as he says here you should uh, you should deify your boyo juice you know what I'm probably going to just read Nietzsche now and stop talking deify about juice.
1: your boyo juice think for a moment about what you just said there <laughs> deify you, you 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 literally you finish a session and you finish onto your curtains and you're like that is my new god. You start <laughs> you worshiping your crusty curtains. Bow,
0: bow before the curtains. Bow before the curtains of crust. The boil curtain. The juice crust. Okay, please James. Jesus crust. You might say. <laughs> please, please, Jesus. Cr- <laughs> please, please allow me to just read this. This is all I want to do, man. You keep. You always get me. You always bully me and say, Stefan, talk about more nuts when we're live. people love hearing about nuts and i'm like james come on these
1: people do if you do a youtube search for no fat people love you talking about nut
0: that's true actually (laughs) yeah this is yeah this is actually very true (laughs) holy shit maybe nietzsche was right maybe the populace is killing us all let's talk about nietzsche uh and then youtube is just like no let's talk about (laughs) nothing
1: all right Uh, so this is nietzsche
0: this is nietzsche on no nut this is nietzsche on no nut i love the forest (laughs) It is bad to live in cities. There are too many of the lustful. It is not better to fall into the hands of a murderer. Is it not better to fall into the hands of a murderer than into the dreams of a lustful woman? And just look at these men. Their eyes say it. They know nothing better on earth than to lie with a woman. Filth is at the bottom of their souls. And alas, if their filth has still spirit in it, Say that you were perfect, at least animals. But do animals, but at least animals are innocent. Do I counsel you to slay your instincts? I counsel you to innocent in your instincts, innocence in your instincts. Do I counsel you to chastity? Chastity is a virtue with some, but with many, almost a vice. These are continents, to be sure, but doggish lust looks enviously out at all they do. Even into the heights of their virtue and into the cold spirit does this creature follow them with its discord. And how nicely can doggish lust beg for a piece of spirit when a piece of flesh is denied it? Yet love tragedies, all that breaks the heart but I am distrustful of your doggish lust. You have two cruel eyes, and you look wantonly towards the sufferers. Have you not your lust just disguised itself and taken the name of fellow-suffering? And also this parable, give I unto you. Not a few who meant to cast out their devil went thereby into the swine themselves. To whom chastity is difficult, it is to be dissuaded unless it becomes the road to hell, to filth and lust of soul. Do I speak of filthy things? That is not the worst thing for me to do. Not when the truth is filthy, but when it is shallow. Does the discerning one go unwillingly into the waters? Verily there are chaste ones from their very nature. They are gentler of heart and laugh better and more often than you. They laugh also at chastity and ask, what is chastity? Is chastity not folly? But the folly came unto us and not we unto it. We offered that guest harbour and heart and how it dwells within us. Let it stay as long as it will. Timothy.
1: Very good. I liked that. Nietzsche's calling out the the nofappers basically, which is really funny.
0: He well, so would paranoid. have been a priest at the time.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Cause, yeah, because you know the nofap meme is quite um it it does apply very very well here. So the gist of what you're saying is, if you want to apply it to no nofap, which might be the most useful way of doing it, is like chastity is a really cool thing. But the thing with with chastity is you're actually overcoming a sexual will. And if a man wants to be in complete control of himself, which is what Nietzsche is suggesting is a very high value, then he must also have control over his sexual instincts. So what people are going to do is they're going to uh, suppress their instincts. So go chast, for example, and then uh, they're going to, they're going to go towards it for some other kind of benefit. So they're not going to be completely honest with themselves. If you go towards chastity for the sake of gaining a benefit from it, that's weakness, because you're not going towards chastity for itself. What Nietzsche is saying is if you have a true will, a competing will to the sexual will for a true life of freedom, that's the only reason for you to go about doing it because it's weakness. So if you take priests, for example, if a priest goes and goes, I'm really chaste, I'm virtuous, it's like, no, you're not. You're, ab- you're actually not. It only becomes a virtue if you're doing it specifically because that's what the will of God tells you to do. It's not a virtue because you're bullied into it by the Catholic Church. So it's a difference between what your will is and what your intention is and what you're actually showing people. So in many ways, it's, it's, it's a form of the Jungian persona before Jungian came before Jung came up with that idea. It's like you're putting something out on the surface as a form of virtue, but really on the inside, You're not living up to it. You're doing it out of fear. You're doing it to try and get those no fat benefits, boys. To try and get that, you know, to try and heal your your porn addiction or whatever. It should be a better will, a will to excellence that completely supersedes it. So that when you get those cravings to come up or when those superficial benefits decay, you don't go back to the sexual will because that's your default. Because again, that's a sign of not having overcome your demons.
0: This, um, yes, I'm actually going to repeat a lot of what James said, just in other words, because I wrote it down. And uh, I just think this, these notes are very coherent, so I'll put it out. This is pretty much repeating what he said. Coming from Nietzsche's beginning f- idea, Like this is a very common theme in Nietzsche's work, a very important theme. Nietzsche's idea is really simple and profound. In most of his other works, he says, an instinct can only be replaced by another more powerful instinct. And this is a big idea. because he, he doesn't say that you have control over your instincts. You don't have control over your desires. You simply can choose which desire becomes the center stage of your life. So the noble man is drawn to excellence and higher goals by an instinct in him for greatness. This often crushes the desire for sex and makes for healthy chastity, where a man is not fighting against himself, but in harmony with his instincts. And Nietzsche would call the harmony with your instincts happiness. Alexander the Great is a great example. Now, you might think of him some stud, but actually when he was younger, he was a very chaste man. He was often offered um, lovers what he was growing up but he was very very reluctant to take them and, and used to always give out to people about it and said uh, the way you see yourself as a young warrior as looking to take over the world is a is as a, an ascetic warrior a kind of man among the forest seeking greatness and not spilling his boyo juice everywhere so alexander was quite no fap he was quite no nut but then when he won things changed he had one year where he had a, a woman every night of the year so there is that as well understanding this a priest can only be noble nobly chaffed if he gives up his instincts for genuinely to the instinct of serving god but if there's even a sliver of incongruence and doubt surrounding this pursuit of god he should not do it and the repression of the instinct towards sex will sour in his soul and turn into the most dangerous resentment where he will begin to take a weird desire or love or 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 sort of release a fetish if you will out of people's suffering i think that's what nietzsche is indicating there and so in many ways the normal lustful man who is happy is higher than the resentful priest but he nietzsche is pro chastity he thinks it's a good thing if you've got your head in order like the excellent man and all that you should not be like the average lustful man who's simply an animal because he says animals are redeemable Because they're at least innocent, but a lustful man on some level has potential for higher achievements. And if he gives in to just becoming a, you know, a Tinder user or he just buys a sex doll or something like that, that is considered an absolute caving to a lower instinct and a failure you fail to master yourself and discover what your higher goals are and it's just pathetic so it's a very yeah. complicated idea but it's a unified idea of how you should learn to take over your instincts you shouldn't think that it's a it's a situation where you've got to be moral and yes this is this is a very insightful way of looking at at doing the right thing nietzsche is not saying that the way you control yourself and and change your behavior and change your life is by you know saying okay i'm going to be no nuts from now on that's not what works. He says that's stupid because what you'll take is this powerful energy in you and you'll essentially castrate yourself. And and that energy won't go away. It will just turn into this really weird form of the energy. And this is actually the same idea in an individual sense that's brought up in the pale criminal. What human society did as a whole was sort of castrate itself when it started killing off the criminals, the, the high testosterone men that would have been the warrior classes of old. And so them doing that was, in many senses, their their form of know-nothing out of European culture and weakening it. And it shows, like, this is the end result. Now we have this problem where people can't talk realistically about problems. All they can do is virtue signal. It's retarded. Whereas Nietzsche is saying, in your own life, this manifests in the same way. Like, why do you think being doing just the right thing because you think it's the right thing is the right thing? Maybe you should think more about what you want what you desire and learn how to understand that and then that doesn't turn into a thing where you can just go bang a load of hose that's not what he's saying either he's saying that if you actually go in and understand yourself properly you'll find deep within you the profound male soul as as he's called it before and that's the part of you that is willing to risk everything to achieve something incredible and it's usually to do with a great ambition and that will supersede the sexual desire and lead you away from the from the lustfulness and, and, and order yourself properly and it's a very natural way of doing things and then um, i generally agree with this like i, I found uh i found that th- that type of insight into yourself can really stop you d- doing degenerate stuff quite easily. like even stuff like alcohol or cigarettes function the same way like when you say if you're a boxer you're just probably going to give up those things very quickly not because you're fighting against yourself, but every time you're you're gonna pick up the cigarettes or the alcohol, you're gonna be like, Oh fuck this shit. Like this isn't who I am. This isn't my big goal. I'm never gonna do this if I'm doing this shit. So mm,
1: yeah, yeah. Well Nietzsche's being very very nuanced too as well. What he's not saying is stop nutting. What he's not saying is stop having sex. What he's saying is don't nut because you get the urge to nut and don't shag somebody because you have the urge to shag somebody. That would also uh, presumably, he didn't have one, but presumably apply to his wife as well. It's like, you you come home from work and you're like, I'm feeling a bit, I feel a bit groovy today, wife. Do you want to get down? It's like, he's like, no, fuck being groovy. What <laughs> you should be doing is overcoming your grooviness. But so, so the only way I can see out of this actually is if is if you allow that that groovy feeling to embed itself deeper with a more electric impulse. So in in some kind of proper love type dynamic where you really let those emotions rise rather than a quick pump and dump type dynamic or if you're going out on the pole only go for the 11 out of 10 girls and you go out there with the intention of i am going to conquer something like that so it's got a deeper desire based within it to go out into the world another interesting thing about nietzsche on, on nofap is uh, which is really weird but he, he wrote about the magic power of semen which is not something that you. Sorry, magic power of boyo juice. We're a Christian, family-friendly channel. Um, what 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 he thought was uh, priests got extra holy because of the fact they weren't releasing their boyo juice all over the curtains all the time. So he actually came up with a biological mechanism, which is somewhat accurate, and he wouldn't have known this. Where like whatever is in the fluid is broken down and absorbed by the body, and because it's such a, it's got so much vitality within it, so many nutrients, it takes a lot of energy to make that type of. That type of boyo juice that uh, it would actually go back into the body and power you up which is a really cool idea and that's an idea that's been practiced by warriors cross-culturally so like if you take a look at the Knights Templar who arguably were the most successful warriors in history they managed to rise up from obscurity to basically owning a shit ton of land super rich they would conquer the Middle East and uh, they were all completely jazz too. And Nietzsche knew that. So He's like, there's some power there. Stop wasting it on Pornhub. Stop wasting it just because you're horny and use it
0: to become an Uber munch. That's actually a direct quote from uh, a Nietzsche book. He was like, do not use Pornhub.
1: Yes, he was. Yeah, he
0: was let's um let's keep going because we there's time is money as they say we could be spending this time nutting and instead of we're reading books like so let's get through this fast we could be we could
1: be okay james th-
0: someone just said in the chat that th- their mother's watching so jesus
1: <laughs> you, oh hello hello mother appreciate you uh yeah actually it's gonna make me feel quite awkward too if my mom suddenly tuned in it'd be like end of stream <laughs>
0: All right, here we go the thousand and one goals Many lands saw Zarathustra and many people. thus he discovered the good and the bad of many people. No greater power did Zarathustra find on earth than the good and the bad. No people could live without first valuing. If a people will maintain itself, however, it must not value as it as its neighbor's values. Much that passed for good with one people was regarded with scorn and condemned by another. Thus, I found it. Much found, I hear called bad, which was there decked with purple honours. Never did the one neighbour understand the other, ever did his soul marvel at his neighbour's delusion and wickedness. A table of excellencies hangeth over every people. Lo, it is to the table of their triumphs. Lo, it is the voice of their will to power. It is laudable what they think hard, what is indispensable and hard they call good. And what reveals in their dio- what reviles in their direst distress, the unique and hardest of all, they extol as holy. Whatever makes them rule and conquer and shine to the dismay and envy of their neighbors, they regard as the high and foremost thing, the test and the meaning of all else. Verily, my brother, if you knew what a people's needs, its land, its sky and its neighbor, then you would divine law of its surmountings and why it climbs up that ladder to its hope always shall you be the foremost and prominent among others no one shall you jealous, shall your jealous soul love except a friend that made the soul of a Greek thrill thereby went he his way to greatness to speak truth and be skillful with a bow and arrow, so seemed it alike pleasing and hard to the people from whom comes my name the name which is alike and pleasing and hard to me to honor father and mother and from the root of the soul to do their will. This table of surmounting hung another people over them and became powerful and permanent thereby to have fidelity for the sake of fidelity, to risk honor and blood, even in danger, even in evil and dangerous courses teaches itself. So another people mastered itself and thus mastered. Itself. Oh, and thus mastering itself became pregnant and heavy with great hopes. Verily men have given to themselves all their good and bad. Verily they do not, they took it not and found it not. It came not unto them as a voice from heaven. Values did man only assign to things in order to maintain himself. He created only the significance of things, a human significance. Therefore he called himself man, that is, the valuer. Valuing is created. Hear it, you creating ones. Valuation itself is the treasure and the jewel of the valued things. Through valuation only there is value, and without valuation the nut of existence would be hollow. Hear it, you creating ones. Change of values, that is, change of the creating ones. Always does he destroy who has to be a creator. Creating ones were the first of all peoples, and only in the late times individuals verily the individuals himself is still the latest creation people once hung over them tables of the goods hung over themselves tables of the good love which would rule and love which would obey created for themselves such tables older is the pleasure in the herd than the pleasure in the ego and as long as the good conscience is for the herd the bad conscience only says ego verily the crafty ego the loveless one that seeks its advantage in the advantage of many it is not the origin of the herd but its ruin loving ones was it always and creating ones that created good and bad fire of love glows in the names of all the virtues and fire of wrath many lands saw zarathustra many people no greater power did zarathustra find in earth than the creations of the loving ones good and bad as they called Verily, a prodigy of this power of praising and blaming, tell me, you brethren, who will master it for me? Who will put up a fetter upon the thousand necks of this animal? A thousand goals have there been hitherto, for a thousand people have there been. Only the fetter of the thousand necks is still lacking. There is lacking the one goal, as yet humanity has not a goal. But pray tell me, my brethren, if the goal of humanity be still lacking, is there not still lacking humanity itself? Dun dun. This That's is an um, this is an absolutely massive idea. This is this is the big idea, I guess, in Nietzsche's work. Any quick thoughts there, sir? Or thoughts yeah, I'm about...
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna briefly summarise. But I know you like talking about Nietzsche for about twenty straight minutes, so I'll, I'll I'll let you do the old bulk of this. Um. So it comes back to this will of power idea, and it's a question you can ask yourself: the what's something that you do that you consider to be good? say like I don't know smiling at somebody on the street that's a good thing right it's like well no because why are you really doing it like ask yourself the question this is what Christ always said as well like he he said in the Sermon on the Mount he made it crystal clear he's like do good for good's sake because then you actually fall outside of the will to power idea but what the reason why you're being good is because it helps preserve you your social standing, your mental sanity, everything like that—you're not being good for good's sake, unless you are. Maybe you are. I don't—I don't know you personally. Maybe you are. But um, so therefore, what you're doing is not actually achieving any real good. It's just petty nonsense. It's—it's—it's it's, it's Darwinian in its manner. It's—it's it's got no higher goal to aspire to. It's just I'm going to preserve myself. It's the will to survive in a way like that. So, so, and if everyone goes around life like this, you've all got your own little silly definitions of good, and you're going around being good people then your definitions of bad are also going to exist and they're also going to be pointless and they exist solely so you can conflict with one another and make you look good it's, it's all that will to power idea this this conflict of good and bad so if this is what's happening humanity isn't going to rise it's it, it's it's a huge problem so if what Nietzsche's suggesting is if we actually have the courage to go and take a look at what we consider to be good and bad tear it to pieces i mean his hypothesis is we could tear it to pieces realize it's all a bunch of nonsense and we could build up an actual version of good and evil which makes sense in whatever form that may be objective relative whatever then we could all come to a an agreement on that and together we could work towards building a better humanity
0: that's actually exactly yeah that's a really really well articulated um point that's super important i appreciate that um and that's a really important thing to get out of him is that he's not saying you know he's not being like all right you motherfuckers what you all have to do is is fight each other to the death and use swords and become like savages again like he's he's not even though there's a sort of vibe of that in it he's he is saying that it's our, our inability to organize as a thinking collective is causing all of our conflicts together what we really need need to do to save the human race is re uh, reevaluate our values and establish something that is valuable. And in order to do that, it is a largely a question of a collective project of of crushing everything that we have now and and making something new out of it, order out um, order out of chaos, as they say in the occult. So um I'll ru- rush into it now because it explains it throughout this. This is an absolute summary of his notion of moral relativism he has been all around the world as he says and this could mean figuratively that he has read lots of works or maybe he has traveled and he's seen that competition is what breeds values each tribe has always valued what made them greater than their neighbors now think of something like achilles the great warrior who defeats the trojans that's the symbol of greatness because excellence is usually driven by competition what's super interesting is the archetype of the warring brothers is tightly related to this idea of good and evil and duality and conflict and so the heroes that were stronger than their neighbors are the ones that rose up as the people you should be like and that's where valuations came from achilles represents the good and everything weak represented the bad for the greeks but then zarathustra asked this question How do we move beyond such petty valuations? How do we move past the idea of competing with one's neighbor? What could be a greater goal, a greater enemy? Perhaps we could start competing against the entropy of the universe, against the tendency of the universe to decay. And our heroes could be the ones who conquer not just others, but entropy as a whole. That could be the hero for the human race. Now, what's interesting is Christianity was a way of thinking that overcame the tribal petty valuations. But Nietzsche's assertion is that the problem of Christianity is that it did not raise us to that level where we were fighting entropy. It made the devil, in fact, our instincts. In order to get past these tribal fights, they had to frame the testosterone that drives us to be territorial as evil. And is saying what we now need to do is reframe the evil not as the chaotic male aggression but instead the entropy of the entire world itself and realize we're fighting against this big astral spirit of sorts to do this we'd have to learn to overcome the basic instincts of valuing good and bad we'd have to learn to realize that this arrogant assumption of i'll be the one to figure it out and my vision is worth the lives of the masses we'll need to overcome the instincts that cause us to see the herd and the behaviors of the herd that keep us as members of the herd and seeing good as things that the, the herd sees as good such as charity and kindness and humility and we will need to kill those feelings and move them to a point where we can start asking real questions we need to free ourselves that is such a fundamental idea in Nietzsche's work it, that's the spine of beyond good and evil or sorry that's the spine of uh, actually that is the spine of beyond good and evil and genealogy of morals rips into that very very profoundly as well
1: Uh, Yes, and it's absolutely terrifying. And but but this is where like I fall into the Christian idea as well because it is troubling. You can't just do away with it, and it's like the future of Christianity might be to take this. So so it comes down with me: is the Catholic Church and our other churches actually what Christ was talking about? Could you put Christ in the same camp as Nietzsche? And I think you can because Nietzsche considered Christ to be his ultimate opponent, the only person worthy of him intellectually. So it's like maybe Christ's actual message, if we read it properly, would be the Nietzsche frame. And all Nietzsche wants to do, perhaps, would be to go back to that level of struggling for struggling's sake, honoring the will of God, the higher purpose, and not of any of the other nonsense on top of it. Because like you considered priests, for example, to just be standing there in front of people, morally pontificating because it made them look good. It's the virtue signaling idea, 150 years or so before virtue signaling became a thing. So that's quite exciting. If we could have uh, a nichification of Jesus Christ, that'd be really cool to see.
0: And that's that's something that's what I meant when I said he can make you more Christian because the way the church preaches Christianity is not what Jesus was. Jesus was a very, very, very strong character who was able to die for what he believed in without getting resentful. And Nietzsche was astounded. He loved that his the way he saw Jesus being able to to uh, to not get angry at the Romans or the Jews and just assert his reality without becoming sour and he didn't see jesus ever at any point turn towards the establishment and say they're evil we have to subvert them he instead saw jesus as saying i am true i'm reality this is my and he stood for that and nietzsche found that just profound just profoundly strong and that is sort of it's almost like just because he died as a slave makes it hard to map that onto the idea of achilles or some sort but christ is a functioning way to place inside the soul of the warrior because the warrior has to struggle through the the fear of death just like Christ did and stand up for what's right and mark boundaries and all that so it can fit and as i said it can make you more christian because in order for it to fit you'll have to go back and read the fucking bible properly and you'll be like shaking being like i need to find something that tells me it's something to hold on to in this you you won't bullshit your way through it and uh, it becomes very interesting then like there there are some things that stick out like i did not come to bring peace but a sword like stuff like that starts Mm. to catch you you're like okay this guy was not the hippie as i did in that video it's like jesus was a chad alpha male science proves it like he wasn't a hippie he wasn't that straightforward he was a very he was he was drawing boundaries he was cutting he was drawing lines in the sand that was his deal you know and um and that's uh, surmised in nietzsche's conception of the problem that came out of Christianity was more so Saint Paul that's what he actually says that was the man who uh, and we can do the Antichrist at some point if you want to go through this that was the yeah. man who uh, who was a uh, I think a Jew who converted and Nietzsche felt that he he went crazy he, he was he was resentful he was a resentful person and he invented the religion which is different yes correct correct and correct. Then this is this is where Nietzsche gets the amazing quote where he says the the very last Christian died on the cross
1: yep yes 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 and then you have to go into the conspiracy stuff around the origins of the catholic church was saint peter really the first pope or did he spend two minutes in rome and therefore they decided to build a whole religion around it that that would be so catastrophic to find out because as far as i'm concerned in, in the culture war at least the only true ally would be would be the catholic church but then if Nietzsche wants to tear down the catholic church you're in trouble was he you're said he in wants trouble to-
0: who said he wants to tear it down he wants to wake it up perhaps
1: the way to do that i mean the last time we had a revolution on that scale that scale of values was in like 1792 with the french revolution and that didn't go so well
0: yeah well maybe maybe it's time like if you see the way things are going maybe Maybe that's going to be on the cards. Like things are getting unstable as they are anyway, dude. And um, let's, let's power. On yeah. Cause the, this start. is where
1: the stream turns into. How can we overthrow the government? I
0: just like <laughs> for the not for, for the novel, like for the novel. Right. <laughs> All
1: right. Next one.
0: The way of the creating one. This is a gem. Would you go into isolation? My brother, would you seek the way to yourself? Wait a little and listen to me. He who seeks may easily get himself lost. All isolation is wrong, say the herd. And long did you belong to the herd. The voice of the herd will still echo in you. And when you say, I no longer have a conscience in common with you, then it will be plain and then it will be painful. And oh, that pain itself did the same conscience produce, and the last gleam of that conscience still glows in your affliction. But you would go the way of your affliction, which is the way to yourself. Then show me your authority and your strength to do so. Are you a new strength and a new authority, a first motion, a self-rolling wheel, Can you also compel stars to revolve around you? Alas, there is so much lusting for loftiness. There are so many convulsions of the ambitions. Show me that you are not lusting and an ambition one and an ambitious one. Alas, there are so many great thoughts to do nothing more than the bellows. They inflate and make emptier than ever. Free, you call yourself. Your ruling thought, what I hear of. And not that you have escaped from a yoke. Are you one entitled to escape from a yoke? Many a one have cast away his final worth when he cast away his servitude. Free from what? What does the matter to Zarathustra? Clearly, however, shall shall your eyes show to me Free for what? Can you give to yourself your bad and your good and set up your will as the law over you? Can you be the judge for yourself and the avenger of the law? Terrible is aloneness with the judge and the avenger of one's own law. Thus is a star projected into desert space and into the icy breath of aloneness. Today suffers you still from the multitude you individual. Today have you still your courage unabated and your hopes. But one day will the solitude weary thee. One day will your pride yield and your courage quail. You will one day cry, I am alone. One day will you see no longer your loftiness and see too closely your lowliness. Your sublimity itself will frighten you as a phantom, you will one day cry, all is false. There are feelings which seek to slay the lonesome one. If they do not succeed, then must they themselves die, but aren't you capable of it? Are you capable of it, to be a murderer? Have you ever known, my brother, the word disdain and the anguish of your justice and being just to those that disdain thee you force many to think differently about you that charged they heavily to your account you came not unto them and you went past for that they never forgave you you go beyond them but higher you rise the smaller does the eye of envy see. most of all however is the flying one hated how could you be just unto me, must you say. I choose your injustice as my allotted portion. Injustice and filth cast they at the lonesome one. But my brother, if you would be a star, you must shine for them nonetheless on that account. And be on your guard against the good and just. They would fain crucify those who devise their own nature. They hate the lonesome ones. Beyond Your guard against holy simplicity. All is unholy to it that is not simple. Fain likewise. Would it play with the fire of a faggot and (laughs) 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 stake.
1: You were reading so poetically that
0: the fire of a faggot? I I tripped. Sorry, guys. Too (laughs) immature for this. And be on thy guard also against the assaults of your love too readily does the recluse reach his hand to anyone who's who meets him too many a one may thou not give thy hand but only your paw too many one may not give your hand but only your paw and i wish your paw also to have claws but the worst enemy you can meet will be yourself The self that brings you in the caverns and forests. You lonesome one. You that goes the way to yourself and past yourself. Your seven devils lead the way. A heretic will you be to yourself. A wizard, a soothsayer, a fool. And a doubter, a retrobate. Ready must you be to burn yourself in your own flame. How could you become new if you have not first become ashes? You lonesome one, you go the way of the creating one. A God will you create for yourself out of your seven devils. You lonesome one, you go the way of the loving one. You love yourself, and on that account, despise you yourself as only the loving one despises. To create desires the loving one, because he is despised. What knows he of love who has not been obliged to despise just what he loved? With your love, go into your isolation, my brother. And with thy creating and late, only will justice limp after thee. With my tears, go into your isolation, my brother. I love him who seeks to create beyond himself and so succumbs. Thus spoke Zarathustra. Dun, 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 that's, a, that's a great bit of, uh, of coaching
1: it is that was really it was really compassionate as well i thought you didn't like love very much
0: it's um yeah it's super interesting it's about that idea of just being a tough boil
1: Uh, yes yeah basically um i'm gonna give a gonna give a brief rundown there because actually i found that paragraph fairly complex to understand first time i read it It it's like extra poetry on top of poetry but it's like so the i think one of the core parts of this is about holding yourself accountable so Uh, in accountability in the strictest sense of the word, because if you're not capable of holding yourself to your own moral authority and you need somebody else from outside to hold you to it, that's weakness. So everyone's done this before, at least if you've got friends, I guess you've decided that you want to start going to the gym and you're like, well, I'll go if you go and you'll go if I go. It's like, that's, that's not accountability. First of all, that's complete and utter nonsense, but you should be strong enough to do it yourself. That will should be burning within you. Why are you not doing it? You're doing it because you think that you should. Or you're doing it because you kind of want bigger arms but you don't want to go through the pain unless someone else is there to to be bros with you so it begins with the idea of keep yourself accountable that's all that you need and then you won't be able to excel morally you won't be able to create anything of value unless you break away from the herd so nisha didn't like the herd very much it's the whole sheeple idea you know everyone who believes that the earth is round they're all sheeple we all we all really know that it's flat uh in, in fact if anyone else is new here that was a joke um but the the herd will continue will shut up the herd the herd will keep influencing you until you break away from them and this is the thing it's necessary to break away to do anything of value you have to strike out on your own and hold yourself accountable and in doing that you will save the herd because nothing good ever comes from people just being sheeple with each other that's necessary to save the herd but here's the terrifying part where he links it back to Christ on the cross was was he said the herd crucify those who are alone, which is true, because Jesus broke away from, regardless of son of God or not, he broke away from the herd and started doing his own thing, throwing over tables and casting out demons, doing everything people hated, which ultimately, if you believe the story, was to save people, but the herd didn't care. He wasn't playing by their rules, their will to power, so they had him crucified all alone, and Nietzsche is saying that exact same thing will happen to you if you dare go down this path that he's saying you should go down—a life of values, of creativity, of creating something, elevating humanity, saving the world, as Bill Nye would say. But you will get crucified for your trouble.
0: Yes, I've got a, I've got a lot to say in this because this is so filled with red pills and uh, just be- beautiful ideas and very, very hard ideas. There's, there's three big themes I keep finding. One is the idea of isolation and from the herd. The other is the idea of individuality and what that means. And the last is the idea of uh, the seven devils, as I call them. Um, so we got to imagine that this guy is in some way talking to that pale criminal from the start. Because I'm trying to create the thematics that flow through this work. It's like he's picking that savage individual that's getting murdered by the judges. And, then, and he's speaking to that person again. And he said in some sense that that person might, that high T, crazy, wild, powerful person might be more valuable as a warrior. And so this is where we get this idea. And this is a very important thing for people to understand because people who read Nietzsche think that, right, sweet, what I've got to do is become the Ubermensch. I get it. I am the great guy because I've read Nietzsche and all the other plebs around me, the herd, as he calls them, haven't read Nietzsche, so clearly I'm the one who gets to go forward and all that. But Nietzsche's not saying that. He's not very liberal at all. He's actually saying that you should very specifically and carefully analyze your situation and see what you are. It's important to know what you are. And you might not be a Zarathustra. That's the point. You might not be a great creator. So, um, if you are, for example, a warrior, someone who fights for the ideals, he has this to say to you: "Free, do you call yourself? Your ruling thought would I hear of, and not that you have escaped from your yoke." So he's saying that the the i the idea the 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 the, the notion that you have that you you uh, you follow your prime ideal, as he says. If he heard it, he would be like, "You're you're just you're just imprisoned to that as well." So and you call yourself free, you're not free. So are you entitled to sca- to escape from your yoke? Do you think you're allowed? Your yoke is the thing that holds your neck. It's like the it's like a lead on a dog. He's saying, "Are you are you entitled to do that? Why do you think you're entitled to do that?" Many a one have cast away his final worth when he has cast away his servitude. So this is the kind of vibe he's trying to put out there: is that hierarchies systems of of order of dominance of authority are valuable this is why he liked Jesus because Jesus found a way to rebel against the system without overthrowing it he wasn't Nietzsche wasn't mad into revolutions he didn't like the anarchists or the communists for example actually more on these grounds and um, than the absolute nuance of their ideas is because he doesn't like the idea of overthrowing the establishment he's he's a strong proponent of hierarchies he realizes that hierarchies, and uh, order are super important for excellence. He's more asking you, are you sure you're the person who has to go, who has to attack the top of the hierarchy and change those values like Zarathustra is? Maybe you're not that person. Maybe your job is to serve someone like Zarathustra. And that's super important to know, and it's super important to understand out of Nietzsche. It's very easy for you to read Nietzsche and think, fuck yeah, this savage is giving me insights that no one else has. I am I am this liberal, free, badass that can that is beyond all good and evil. I don't have to obey the herd at all. And Nietzsche's saying, hey man, it's very likely you will. Now in the rare occasion that you could become one of those people that he was talking about in the last section where he says, the ability to create new values, as he was saying, this is what needed from the 1001 goals. Maybe you're not that warrior. Maybe you do have an exceptional talent and you can at least participate in this. You're going to have to go through bitter and brutal isolation. Now, you're going to have to go through the worst type of isolation because your isolation is going to be about this desire to bring about the greater good. That is a man the ubermunch, then a movement and then a society capable of saving the human race from the crushing power of entropy, which is, I guess you could say, the devil in Nietzsche's worldview. That is degeneracy, dysgenesis And all of the stuff that he's talking about, dysgenics, all of that stuff has come true, apparently. I'm, I'm not too sure in the science, but apparently world IQ is dropping. Stuff like this is manifesting, and that's like that's that's really scary. So the power of entropy is coming and lowering our testosterone, lowering our IQ, lowering our health, and it's manifesting spiritually as nihilism. And so, if you're the one to fight against that and and save that, you're gonna have a problem because in order to do that, you're gonna have to break away from humanity first. As Charles Bukowski said, "Isolation is the gift; all else is a test of your endurance." And so, in some sense, in order for you to do this job, you're gonna have to escape the herd. You're going to have to abandon them, these people that you're trying to save. And you're going to have to be hated in order to create something of value that will in turn save them. This is like the way that we crush the great out of people. And so the curse then is that great sacrifice you will have to do in the face of the hurt is that isolation, the abandonment. And that does sort of align with the sort of notion in Jesus's idea where he's like, uh, I come not to bring peace, but the sword I am here to divide, father against son, mother against daughter, and brother against something. Like, you know what I mean? It's, It's all about escaping, breaking away from the herd. Jesus himself was cast out of his hometown. So there is that vibe. There is that thing that you really have to understand. To take a step forward, even to save people, maybe it will bring their hate unto you. And that was his warning. But he does say here that, if you rise high enough, if you rise rise high enough, you will be so high that you will just look like a little spot in the sky and they won't be able to hate you anymore. So it'll be difficult at the start, but it will be um, it will be good once you get up there because then they just won't even be in connection once you reach the top of the mountain. And then this is where he says, finally, what you're going to need to do, you're going to need to do, take those coiled up snakes inside the criminal man. That's the seven devils he was talking about. They're, they are the snakes. And these are the instincts, the energies. And you're going to have to cast them together, this form of alchemy, and shape them all together in one direction. It's actually the same idea as in chastity. It's like you've got all these desires. What you need to do is spank them into shape and bend them to your will and see what they manifest, which is the highest desire among them. Maybe in order to find the high desire, you need to blend them all together and see where they all point. And they all point towards this great goal, and that is to create something. And then if you can combine them all together, you will find that great goal and this is what he says here god will you create for yourself out of your seven devils that my friends is how i'd break that chapter down and james we're on to the final one now
1: the final one first of all good job i really enjoyed that i have to give you my very high esteemed praise this final one is is, uh very controversial i i i I love it i really do but it's like Christ's sake! I'm also very cynical about it too, but you'll you'll find out when uh, Stefan begins reading. Yeah, I don't know. why I right. keep doing that weird ASMR voice to make everyone feel really relaxed. Just 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 the listener, like, oh, that was really nice ending to that sentence. Such rubbish! Jesus Christ!
0: All right, guys, this is um this is Nietzsche. This is not our thoughts. This is Nietzsche. This is going to get us in trouble. But this is um this is a crazy paragraph. It's full of great quotes though. But it's a crazy paragraph. So um yes, here we go. Nietzsche on, Huaman. Nietzsche on the Huaman. Bear in mind, he was a bit of an incel, so any Huaman watching and feeling, feeling Nietzsche was being mean to you, is like you know, he didn't get to, he didn't get to nut very often. So give him some, give him some spare him some, spare him some. It hate always goes here. back to
1: the nut, specifically either Nietzsche's, Freud's, or Jung's semen. That's what it all comes back
0: to. That's true. We've actually got a bit of an issue. They all, yeah, right. Okay, I'm just let's I'm gonna go in a spiral about nuts again. So let's just go straight into it. Nietzsche on the Huaman. Why steal you along so figuratively in the twilight, Nietzsche? And why or <laughs> Zarathustra, sorry. And why do you hide so carefully under your mantle? Is it a treasure That has been given to thee or a child that has been born to thee or do you go yourself on a thief's errand you friend of evil verily my brother said zarathustra it is a treasure that has been given to me it is a little truth which i carry but it is naughty like a young child and if i hold not its mouth it screams too loudly as i went on my way alone today At the hour when the sun declined, there I met an old woman and she spoke to my soul. Much has Zarathustra spoken also to us women, but never has he spoken to us concerning women. And Zarathustra answered, concerning women, one should only talk to men. Talk also to me of women, she said. I am old enough to forget it presently. And I, Zarathustra, obliged the old woman and spoke this to her. Everything in woman is a riddle, and everything in woman has one solution. It is called pregnancy. Man for woman is a means. The purpose is always the child. But what is a woman for man? The real man wants two things, danger and play. That's why he chooses woman, the most dangerous plaything. Man shall be trained for war and women for the recreation of the warrior. All else is foolishness. Too sweet of a fruit? The warrior does not like it. That's why he likes his woman bitter is even the sweetest woman better than man does woman understand children but man is more childish than woman in the true man there is a child hidden it wants to play up then you women and discover the child in man a plating let woman be pure and fine like the precious stone illumined with the virtues of a world not yet come. Let the beam of a star shine in your love. Let your hope say, may I bear the superman. In your love, let there be valor. With your love shall you assail him who inspires you with fear. In your love be your honor. Little does woman understand otherwise about honor. But let this be your honor. Always love more than you are loved and never be the second. Let man fear woman when she loves and make she every sacrifice and everything she regarded as worthless. Let man fear woman when she hates for man in his innermost soul is merely evil. Woman, however, is cruel. Who hates woman most? So speaks the iron to the the lodestone. I hate you most because you attract, but art too weak to draw to you. The happiness of a man is I will. The happiness of a woman is he wills. Oh, now has the world become perfect, so thinks every woman when she obeys with all her love. Obey must the woman and find a depth for her surface. Surface is a woman's soul, a mobile stormy film on shallow water. Man's soul, however, is deep, and its currents gush into subterranean caverns. Women summarize its force, but comprehend it not. Then answered, then Zarathustra answered the old woman, Many fine things as Zarathustra said. Especially for those who are young enough for them. Strange Zarathustra knows little about women, and yet he is right about them. (laughs) Does this happen because with women nothing is impossible? I now accept a little truth by way of thanks. I am old enough for it. Swaddle it up, hold its mouth, otherwise it will scream too loudly the little truth. Give me, woman, thy little truth, said I, Zarathustra, and thus spake the old woman. There goes, you're going to, woman, do not forget your whip. Thus spoke Zarathustra.
1: Hey, what a lad.
0: Band of you. Absolute lad. (laughs) There you go. Timothy, any any thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: I'm going to try and break that down piece by piece. So men and women are they're like the polar opposites of each other men and women have a completely different nature and like the manosphere is pretty good at breaking this down i guess and they're like well women have female biology and men have male biology it's like yes you are correct good job that's obvious and it has to be stated because in this culture apparently we have no idea that those differences exist but nietzsche is taking it one step further and he's saying that the difference between men and women is actually more fundamental than that So what do women want and what do men want out of life, not from each other, but out of life, which is something we don't really focus on very much. So he's saying that women want children fundamentally women want children and they go towards man in all of his brashness and his childlike nature, purely as a means to an end. Now, I don't know if this is true. These aren't my thoughts. These are Nisha's thoughts. Go and dig up his corpse and beat it up if you have a problem with it. So women want children and men, men want danger and they want to play. And when you think of a child playing, what exactly is a child doing? Like, you might think that's really immature. Like, he's not saying men want to take a little toy and go. Ah, da, da, da. What he's saying is that childlike instinct is that idea of taking things apart and conquering it and joining the mythic heroes of old. That's the childlike instinct. Within it, there is a there is a natural instinct that has not been corrupted by society. Their soul is 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 fresh, and as a result, men like to be around women and pursue women because they like to play with them is what Nietzsche is suggesting he says women are like riddles and this is actually true because even though even though characters will say in the manosphere a lot of them don't tend to like women we'll say they'll value them for their purpose but they don't they seem to have some kind of negative disposition towards them and their 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 current political power they're obsessed with them we all are. Look at the conversation on no All these memes, no feminism, abortion, even an so obsession with women because women are a riddle. That's what Nietzsche's saying. So men want to take them apart and play with them, and uh, which could be creepy if you put it in a sexual metaphor. But it's that it's that concrete instinct of a young child. So if that childlike instinct leads to being a warrior, and women want children, then women should be raising warriors because that's the that's the base instinct within a man that warrior power childlike instinct to conquer and to play so um yes essentially that, that's what's happening of course he ends off with uh, uh if you're meeting a woman don't forget the whip which uh, i'm i'm not I'm, I'm not gonna say what that means because someone will clip it out of context
0: but you know damn well what that means
1: i'm still doing that fecking asmr thing jesus christ
0: yes i am um, i don't have a lot to say on this because i think it speaks for itself nietzsche's <laughs> just laying it out like he's he's sort of planning a society here in this book like that's actually what's what he's doing with this he's he's using zarathustra Zara as a vessel to describe how he thinks the world should work this is Nietzsche just being like this is how things should work i've figured it out guys here it is and uh, this last part that we're doing anyway has been wrapped up for the, the position women should hold in society and Obviously, it's not actually that straightforward. He's just more talking poetically about what women want, as James was saying very accurately. He's saying that like if if a woman like a man organizes her instincts, she'll find that what she wants is the great man. They have a desire people call it hypergamy for the great man. And the mistake a woman can have is thinking that she needs to outcompete the great man. She, desires the great man and beyond that she even desires the and and Nietzsche says she should feel him as great not sort of rationalize it but it's it's a felt thing she'd feel his power and she has the great responsibility of creating a great hero a great son and so the great man becomes the means to her to create this great son and this is what she should see as the highest purpose in her life As Mary, Mother Mary was the the mother of God, the creator of God. There's nothing quite like that. That that is an absolute apotheosis of the woman to create a hero of that quality, because the woman is the core educator of the child when she's younger when he's a, a young, you know, the man, the dad does very important parts of that too. And it's, it's essential that he's there, but the, the woman is often associated with the one who teaches the kid language and all that stuff. So she, she has that responsibility of and giving him a feel for what the world is like. So she has that responsibility of being the creator of a creator. Are you worthy to create a creator? And that's a big question because that reframes it as, as you can't just think that your life is about you as a woman. Your life is not about, and just like a man, he, he, the thing about a man is that it, it might be like, oh, look, this guy, he's, um, like Nietzsche saying, oh, women aren't, are supposed to make their life about someone else, whereas men get to make their life about themselves. But a man doesn't get to do that either. A true man makes his life about ideas, about a great vision, and he sacrifices himself to that. Even the warrior who doesn't create the vision sacrifices himself to that vision. Men sacrifice themselves to something else. And women, the vision that she sacrifices herself to is the idea of the child. So Nietzsche is—it is, may seem kind of harsh, like the whip comment—but he's he is suggesting the way of ennobling women to understand the highest version of their nature, and that would be the ability to create a hero. So he's laying it out there the way he thinks it to work. And their failure is the their inability to to discover to self-master themselves and discover this natural order and accept that they don't need to compete the superior man and treat him and like beat him or some sort. they need to feel him find him and say this is the man that will supply the child and this is this is something she she needs to know to seek and if she's self-absorbed, this will lead her away from that just like if the man if she's entitled and self-absorbed that will lead her away from the only thing that will truly make her happy as well, that's important to understand is that like a strong child, is a great source of happiness for both a man and a woman and it's the same idea with a man is that if he's entitled and he thinks i'm a great guy i should be a, a leader and all this stuff and it's not who he is he will he will go against natural order and go against his own happiness and all that so it's it is a question of self-mastery discover your instincts and learn how to use them properly and learn how to make them properly and identify uh, them properly so yeah, Let's did, bounce I, on the questions. Yeah, I, I,
1: I'm going to say quickly, I do wonder what Nietzsche would have thought of the birth control pill. Because that that natural instinct that a woman has for a child is is correct. Women have that instinct and it's one of the most powerful instincts within them. Just like for a man the 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 promiscuous, we'll say the the nutting instinct is incredibly powerful. So oh, I do wonder gosh. what he would have thought. If we could have dug Nietzsche's corpse up and brought him here what the hell he would have thought of the of the birth control pill because it's a complete and utter subversion of natural will. Very well, nice no. It's, I now. think
0: it's. I think. I think his opinion wouldn't change. He's talking about what you want in terms of, of the the meaning of your life, and the meaning of a woman's life is not going to change with the birth control. The, the only way she's going to find redemptive belief in an achievement of what she did with her life is by creating a great child. The same with a man. Like it's no matter how many video games you have, you're not going to escape. No matter how, what modernity changes, you're not going to escape the need in you. To either serve a great ideal or create a great ideal. That's just that's just human nature. And Nietzsche, I think what's so great about this book is he he lays it out simply to some extent. He's saying this is just the way you work. You can go against it, but you're not doing anyone any favors or you can accept it. And um, so yeah, I don't think the birth control pill would change anything at all there. Well,
1: that's true about what human nature is all about. But when you take a look, the, the birth control pill changes what type of man a woman finds attractive from the Ubermensch, high testosterone more alpha types towards the more beta loving types that's something incredibly subversive to his particular message i just love to see him trash modern culture completely to be honest with you i know i know deep down within a woman that will always be the goal but for, for as long as you know because you could say is someone's goal still going to be that if they're drunk it's like well no what if you can be perpetually drunk well, then, what will your goal become? It it does change.
0: So, yeah, so, if see, you're constantly
1: is, taking in hormones into your body, say, like, this is happen?
0: these these are all big questions that revolve around the idea of do you have everything harmonized? Like his his question about self mastery is that the biggest hardest difficult thing is to discover what you are and what you want. And so maybe it, like it will it will they obviously change women's behavior, but the, he the thing he puts on them is that, like, if you actually go and find out who you are and what you want, you'll be forced to give up alcohol. You'll be forced to ask yourself, right, i got to get off birth control for a while and see what I actually desire, and then let it come out naturally. And, like, everything is... R- so many things have gone wrong if you're taking birth control.
1: Uh, oh, there you th- go. So his opinion would be, I don't like birth control. You're a fucking dickhead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so many things would have gone wrong if you take birth control without... um. And allow that to dictate how you how you see your life. Do you, do you get what I mean?
1: Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: Do you get what I mean? Like that's that's where the problem lies. It's it's your ability to find your vision and all that stuff. So big ideas, powerful ideas. We've just completed seven profound, juicy parts of the Spoke Zarathustra. James, let's do some questions and we bounce. There's this big Nord war going on. In the fucking. Chat they're all just saying england was got cooked by the nords we got some swedes got some norwegians we got some uh, danes they're all just being like and i like it man like i'm not gonna lie i like it
1: and i don't Uh, like you so we're even
0: oh wow i see prospect says we're talking about the blue pill he says virgin cook eu energy
1: i agree thank you
0: fig Coix says you English were under the Danes for generations that's weak
1: define generations dude define generations <laughs> we had we we had a Danish king twice and it wasn't for very long and it was a thousand years ago
0: you had a Danish king that's so pathetic oh my King God. King
1: Canute the guy who apparently wanted to hold back the water he was he was a Dane but he did a really good job and he united uh, like Denmark and England under the same Empire so to be completely honest sounds like a good idea to me
0: I've got this is a great Nord here. I like this Nord. Powerlifting, mountain wandering, and reading up a Norse history and mythology has done wonders for this Viking boyo That's they're just such Nord behaviors like that's so yeah good.
1: they're all just, just the golden one walking around.
0: we've got a we've got a US Boyo in here. How are you doing? Lovely surprise. Well, welcome the poet of the Stars. This is from Scott Hendrickson. Young was a real ladies man. now we've it's gone to Young worship,. Right, this is all good. Young was also insanely strong. <laughs> had a, what?
1: Was he a bodybuilder as well?
0: Yeah, he young built Bowling Castle in his late seventies out of cut stone by hand. So you saying, yeah, <laughs> Young was juiced to base.
1: <laughs> oh, so good.
0: Things are easy. Yeah, possessing the wild wisdom of Zarathustra. Anyone else have the desire to learn dancing after reading Zarathustra? God, this is a big crazy chat. No, no questions. Wasn't Nietzsche physically quite small and weak from Conor Murphy?
1: Yes. Yes, he was. He, the, his writing style, cause he had such a funny tummy. He was really genetically fucked. It seems he would uh, spend most of the day like throwing up or with crippling stomach pains. And then the only way to get around it was he'd be, he'd go hiking all the time. So he was always walking and on his feet. So he would, he would walk carry his notebook with him and he would think to himself oh that's a really smart idea thank you high IQ and then he'd write it down so that's why his books are actually written in aphorisms so that those things in Zarathustra those passages are actually quite long for Nietzsche like most of his stuff was like a paragraph long they're like a page and a half so yes he, he was he was small and weak it influenced his writing style but he also considered it to have made him strong he called it the great health where because he suffered and because he then bounced back into health again and then suffering, then health, he was able to experience all of it. And that's what influenced his philosophy of vitality and excellence.
0: James, here's uh, we'll take this question and we'll call it a wrap because the stream's running a little bit long now at this point. Mm-hmm. We'll call it, um, James, Yeah. how do we combine Christianity and Nietzsche?
1: Jesus Christ, dude
0: just laid out for us there
1: to combine those two together i'm not sure because we're still this is what jordan peterson's work was all about he he values nietzsche a lot and he values Jung a lot and he and he the way he addresses the problem is nietzsche was wrong so nietzsche declared the death of god but he was wrong about the solution to it so therefore we have to go towards Jung and Jung's idea, if you've, if you've watched our latest Iron, Iron 26 something like that, the big story in the stars, Jung's big idea is to go down a unification between spiritualism and materialism. So a unification between Christ and antichrist energies, which includes within it some of Nietzsche's ideas, but not an awful lot. Some of Nietzsche's ideas are, it would be, I don't know if you could even do this consciously, with your own version of christianity you know you had the muscular christianity movement about 150 200 years ago which was uh, a, a response all, all the men in the church were like the church has gotten pretty feminine and weak let's go and be men with it so they would like after church they would go and like lift weights together and go praise jesus um, but in terms of actually combining them you're asking me to write a magnum opus live on air and i am not anywhere near intelligent or, or wise enough to do that
0: my um the way i would see this if it could work would be as i said there's that mountain archetype and that represents the social hierarchy as well it's the pyramid and at the top of that you place the prime value nietzsche is saying the prime value that needs to go up there is excellence and the value it's fighting against needs to be entropy It needs to be degeneration and that's fundamentally equality as well so it's a very difficult idea in order for that to match with christianity there needs to be a discovery in Christianity of how it supports excellence, so that would show that Christianity all along has been supporting excellence, and it's been the failure of humanity to um, to live up to what Christianity is saying, and that's possible. You could go with this idea that Nietzsche, uh, that Jesus's fundamental idea was just to understand that you, as a human, are the only vessel in this world to bring forward excellent, creative, and beautiful power. Like you, you, it's you. You are it. And the state will grow entropic from time to time. And you will have to die in the face of the state in order to bring forth this order. And so this is where Jesus becomes a powerful concept because it's like he he could die for excellence in that sense. He could die for excellence. And that might just be enough to make them unify. And um, even if it doesn't work, it will. It, it's a good way to shuffle up the idea of what you should do with Christianity as well. So that's the way I would see it, is somehow finding in the symbol of jesus the idea of excellence and then you'll find suddenly that jesus and the idea of excellence both sit on top of the pyramid tough idea though because i think nietzsche was saying the uberman should be up there as well so
1: so Um, but then you'd have to address the problem of the metaphysics which nietzsche was staunchly against so you could apply the excellence thing to it but then in the absence of a metaphysic would it even be christianity at all
0: yeah so here's the other question is like um Yes. Here's the other question. So it it does, it does imply that problem. And I'm not sure Nietzsche says you have to follow my philosophy. You simply have to understand my philosophy. So it makes you think so that you create the philosophy which we need. So you can take Nietzsche's ideas and use them. And the ones that don't fit anymore, throw them away. So obviously don't accept the metaphysics of Christianity if it's not real, but things like quantum physics suggest to us that there is a little bit more going on than Nietzsche thought. And so that puts us in a comfortable position where we can say, all right, and Nietzsche didn't say, I am the truth. Nietzsche says, I think I know the way to the truth. Hmm. And so that gives us a powerful position there because maybe you can use Nietzsche to point towards excellence and then map Christianity onto that as well. Nietzsche is not a totalitarian maybe if that's the way i'd see it working
1: yeah that would be that would be very very powerful because that's also a huge unifying cultural force as well which would like save everybody it seems because we lack a we lack a cultural identity we lack a shared myth together so if someone's able to do that or maybe that's the way you know if you take the jungian frame a lot of what happens in the unconscious is not up to us so whatever whatever the unconscious wishes to do and if that's the correct way it wishes us to go together then so be it. But um I don't think anyone can create that consciously and get everybody else to follow it.
0: No, see that's, that's the other problem. Like maybe they just don't fit. And this is the way we have to steal man Nietzsche's that he is actually saying that Christianity is the main problem. Like he's he's saying that the as I said before, uh, we all started in the tribal pagan myths where we were like, all right, Achilles and Hercules are better than you know the fucking Trojans over there fucking sacks. But then after a while, Christ comes along and, and, and creates a mythology capable of unifying the world based on the metaphysics. And Nietzsche finishes that process by saying, right, that was a delusion we needed to get out of that thinking. Now we need to move up to the next level, which is to reframe the new set of values. And um, I don't think, I, I'm, I'm dodgy on Jung's argument here, where Jung says, Nietzsche and I'm just a bit off like when Jung says Nietzsche's problem was he thought we could create values because I think Nietzsche is more saying that we should rediscover the Greek way of thinking and go for excellence over equality. Like that's sort of what I see him as saying mainly.
1: Well, yeah, he, he's implying that that would be the result of the revaluation of all values. But he also thought that he was the only one he explicitly said this as well, which is really funny. He's like, I'm the only one that's capable of reevaluating all values because the rest of you are fuckwits. And uh, that eventually drove him insane. He only wrote part one of that uh, three-part series. Maybe the end result of the reevaluation of all values would be the Greek way of seeing things, right? That is the answer. He, he definitely does imply a more more pagan, at least when compared to Christianity, way of viewing the world. But I don't think he was literally saying, go back to the time of Homer, boys. We've completely screwed it up because then that wouldn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, last question, then we're going to bounce because i got to make some food. Origo the the one man cult. Stefan, are you planning on doing more James Joyce in the future? You know man I'm not, but I can if people demand it. So uh go down into the comments, drop in there and say Stefan, you rascal, I would love to hear more about James Joyce and I'll, I'll break him down a bit cuz he's a very interesting writer. I could um hack into Ulysses again. It's always a super interesting it's always a super interesting book. Maybe I could read a chapter or something, some nonsense like that. So um people that is everything thank you very much for coming in you have us on this channel most importantly Hop down in the description and you should find the Discord linked through in the Patreon. You can come in and chat with us in the forums. You can do stuff like dream reading, talk about this mad stuff, and also talk about muscular Nietzscheism or muscular Christianity, whatever you are into. We are live tomorrow with the Ion Lectures. We are back again. So make sure if you're around, tune into that. That'll be tomorrow morning. And uh, that is everything from me. Much love. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you. Oh.